Maria supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Yeah, there goes. Sending out good vibes. like i'll be on for a second and then they're off and then yeah i was just watching sort of the doing sh- that shadows dancing around the floor mm. is that what you're both looking at down there <laughs> kind of <laughs> i saw it too <laughs> it's the way the light shines through this fucked up table and then all the yeah. cords too and all the <laughs> cords going on yeah like there's a lot going on down there <laughs> So you guys didn't actually took into advice what Dennis McKenna uh, told you when he was on the America show, you know, to make a ceremony out of it, you know, to express your intention, you know. Yeah, I thought about uh, making them do that. <laughs> well, I got a crystal healing today. You know, wearing your purple knockies. <laughs> I would though if I had purple monkeys. I don't get it. I'm not ashamed of my uh, my love for the color purple. Oh, you're wearing an affliction shirt. Heaven's gate. They all ended up, you know, with their purple Nikes on. Oh, oh boy. Going to the mothership. That's a definite possibility. Hey, Darren, let me throw a hypothetical at you. Okay. <laughs> Do you think at, at this point that if Lisa came downstairs and said, I'm going into labor, would you be able to competently take care of the situation? <laughs> no. Whoa. <laughs> There's zero chance that I could. I don't know. Maybe adrenaline might. You might be able to pull it together. Adrenaline might pull it together. <laughs> mm. But no. Thanks for that, though. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's It's weird. It's like you guys are here, but as soon as I put my mic down, you're not. You're gone. So, Darren, talk to me about consciousness, buddy. Wow. Get philosophical. Hmm. 
Well, if you could fucking see what I'm seeing and feel if I don't even know it's not even just about the seeing it's just about everything is it all I one? just love yeah. everything it, right now it's, it's everything about. around it yeah it's like everything is one mm -hmm. we're all fucking connected it's like when I was in that fucking bathroom it's like <laughs> I didn't even know where, where I was going to come out of when I opened the door. It's like I could have been anywhere. Yeah, I know. It's a little it's strange. That's the way I like it. I'm a rambling grand. Yes, Synchronicities. All over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone. And don't believe it yet. Oh, willow, willow, willow. Nothing beats. That is the best we, we, should, we need to add oh that to it, fucking get Mo's jingle. There's nothing better than that jingle. Nothing beats a listener jingle. At least you were mad enough to justify or uh, clarify it. Yeah. Instead of making it, you know, like David Icke or fucking Richard Greer. <laughs> Richard, like Greer? Richard Greer. Richard Greer would have ran with that. Stephen Greer. Stephen Greer. <laughs> Cosa, Fireman. Four years later, and I'm still. Four years later, and I'm still calling him Richard. <laughs> to license. There's a lot of speculation now that the London tracks are hoaxed. Um, I have my own opinion on that, but I'm not. What do you think? No, I gotta get it. No. Can you just show me thumbs up or thumbs down across the table? Okay. But uh. As in hoax oh. or as in not hoax? You Obviously, if I'm doing this, that means a hoax. Thanks, thanks Graham. Oh, my God. <laughs> thanks for protecting Justin's identity <laughs> and the integrity oh, of this identity. Um, no, Guy Edwards, who's himself, hey, it's uh, okay. We'll it bleep hoax, it. But, but yeah, you, no, that, that, it's not so much that I think it's a hoax that I wasn't sure. It's like we're going to bleep that part of the stash episode. You know, I'll, I'll tell you later, <laughs> you know, if, if you remind yeah, me. Yeah, we had to bleep um, the stash episode. Why? <laughs> We're going to pull over and bleep. <laughs> Why? Anyway, it's so he cast it's the, actually already released. He casted the London tracks. <laughs> We're not even holding <laughs> That was an accident. No, it wasn't. You just I hit it with my, my knuckle flow, while I was fucking fucking with I my... I hit you with my knuckle, bro. I was just trying to take that synchro from you. That's all it was. Uh, how's it feel, Darren? Huh? How does that feel, Brad? <laughs> Deducting his synchro. I was point. actually going to ask 2.5. Don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> you know what? You never get a 9. <laughs> you know what, Justin? I need me a 9.1. You know what? You're getting a 9.2. Just, get, get, get <laughs> just so you can beat James. That wasn't yeah. your synchro. Oh. <laughs> you're rating you're rating how he bought a foot. It was a good deal because it was what the it was fuck? One for how 20. does that get a nine one? It was one for twenty or two for thirty. This fucking shit's rigged. And there was three to choose from. There was a thirty three. A knuckle print and the two he's, cast. And I got them all for subscribed at the seven seven seven. This is rigged. Uh, fake news. No. Fake news. I subscribe at the five five five. Well, yeah, but but shipping is still well, plastic there, so. Well, I'll just fucking I'll you know, put it up I'm with the button. the shot. I could put it up with a bunch of like uh, those fucking things that kids eat when they get them in the mail. Well, okay, we'll sign your foot. <laughs> <laughs> those styrofoam things that you eat. Peanuts? What? The popcorn like they like you're, popcorn. you're not supposed to the eat little ones that dissolve. You ate those? You don't eat them. Do no, you? The, they the don't styrofoam. Dissolve. Yeah. 
You ate them. Don't backtrack now, Darren. This explains a lot, actually. St- I, yeah, I understand you. You ate styrofoam as a kid. That's why you don't Ball see hits. Bigfoot, because you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you blue blocked him out of your life. This is the stuff that mind blowing. Yeah. A thousand facilities. A yeah. thousand facilities. This is all. So Lawrence Livermore has 600 and 700 facilities. 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 And each one of those facilities is a multi-million dollar complex. Probably. probably right? Yeah. And With the, how many employees at each facility? Uh, well, it doesn't say, hundred. but it says the number of scientists is 2,700 at Los, at uh, Lawrence Livermore, and they have 6,300 employees. Yeah. So Brookhaven has 3,000 scientists or 4,000 visiting scientists every year, and they have 3,000 employees. And they they only have a budget of like $700 million. What the? F- how is that? How are they all getting paid? How is that possible? See, that's a good one, right? And they're talking about energy security, photon science, QCD matter, biosciences, physics of the universe. These are the projects they're working on there, and they've only got a budget of seven hundred million. Come on, right. and who's funding them? The U.S. Department of Energy. Only seven hundred million. Yeah, that doesn't for get four thousand visiting scientists a year. No. That's like the international fucking cabal right there. Yeah, probably coming in to use the facilities and. Yep. Let's just pretend and that you, know you guys are working on shit. Here's here's the clue they give you if you wanted to get a little bit more sort of esoteric about it. Do you remember that uh, movie? Uh, uh, with the with the uh, guy falling in love with the robot. Um, L L uh, or um, oh, Wally? No, that was no. Robot versus Robot. <laughs> Wasn't it her? Uh, uh, Not her. Yeah, it was the other one with. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name. It's a really good one. They're at a it facility. Has a guy, listeners, you can spam Graham and tell him the name of the. They're movie. at a facility in the middle of the woods, and it's that whole Turing test with the robot. I've seen it twice. We okay. What? What's your point? It, it's at. near Brookhaven. Okay. And that's and? the lab we were just talking about, right? Yeah. So that's a little hint there for you. Oh, how they're like, the dots. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So back okay. to that with imagine the shit that they were. Okay. So you're talking about like universal pr- space pro projects and this crazy matter that they're trying to make. Like that sounds like some Star Trek stuff, right? Exactly. Like they're trying to create matter and move things across space and do all that, all the stuff that we could only imagine. And what's his name from Skunk Works said it, and he said it what? How many ben years Rich. ago? Yeah. Fifty years ago, or no? Maybe no, no, it was uh, in the nineties. Okay, so yeah, 20, 90s, 30 years like, ago. Let's just say twenty years ago. Okay, just, around there. He says that we have technology that you could only, you can't even imagine that that they could take ET home. Yeah, and we have it. Farther than you can imagine, like Star Trek, Star Wars. He's like, we have it. So the guy with that that high up in a company with that much, you know, uh, that the credentials are so strong, he's not going to risk, you know, that he what he said is real. He's not going to lie, right? Because he's got to back that up. You know what I mean? Because other the military's going to hear that and they'll be like, yo, uh, so you can send ET home, can you? Where's our fucking two million dollars? Twenty trillion dollars spaceship he promised us then. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's gotta be able to back that up. Yeah. And he so you know, where why aren't we seeing any of these like all we got to see was a fucking plane that can fly and not get hit by radar? Big deal. 
Yeah, when you're exactly. working on fucking nanoparticle, fucking weird Particle matter, beam weapons, Shit. what is the matter called that you were telling me? Soft she, matter? Yeah, soft matter. The fuck matter. is that? That's like cyborg shit, right? That's the opposite of hard matter. Yeah, so that's the name of your next band. <laughs> that's why there needs to be formats like this, and we get bigger, and it passes on virally around there so people wake the fuck up and realize what's really going on and then make the proper vote at the fucking polls or just don't vote at all and say fuck you we don't want your candidates we're gonna vote we're gonna do our own vote right no we don't like trump we don't like clinton we're gonna pick our own guy fuck you we're not using your system anymore because it's corrupt you're all fucking corrupt fuck you get out well, that's why it's we want our free energy. That's why I like to talk about this. Because twenty eighteen, you you yeah. add up how many you know how many actual CIA people there's only like a couple thousand. You know all the actual people in power. There's only you know what? Let's just say there's a hundred thousand of them out there. There's fucking three hundred million people in the United States versus a hundred thousand corrupt motherfuckers. No way. Just wake the fuck up and it'll change. Yeah, that's why happening. we need to talk about it. Yeah, that's what this is all about. I'll get into mine now. I know I get it out of the way. Okay, let's do that. Then give me a break. So it must have been like 10 years ago now. Pretty close to. And uh, definitely no reverence behind it. We were partying. And I wasn't even planning on doing any acid or LSD or whatever. I was just, I had some ecstasy. And I couldn't get, I had to get 25. That was the minimum I could buy or whatever. So I was like, okay, whatever. They're cheap enough. 25 what? The hits? Yeah, of ecstasy. Right. And uh, so me and a couple buddies are like, okay, well, we'll take a few of these. We'll head down to the bar. So we took one each and uh, wasn't kicking in. And the cab was coming. I remember we, we only had one drink. I had one drink of spiced rum. We're drinking that. And the cab's coming. It's not kicking in. We're like, oh, let's try crushing one up. So we crush a couple up. And my one buddy's like, no, he's not having any part of it. The other two of us are like, okay, well, whatever. So we try sniffing a little. We heard it kind of kicks it in faster. Then the cab pulls up, and uh, I hopped in. I must have had still like 18 hits of ecstasy on me. And uh, I remember hopping in the cab and like playing the drums on the back of the passenger seat and like pulling out of my little cul-de-sac and then like, poof, fucking nothing. Like, nothing. No drinking, just boom, too much fucking ecstasy. Probably lucky I didn't die right there. What do you there. mean by nothing? Like, nothing as Blacked in, out. You blacked out? Yeah, for like, probably like six or seven hours. Oh. At this time, I've, I remember, like, the sun was still up. And we were just heading down out for the night. So I'm guessing it was probably like seven or eight o'clock p.m. And maybe nine at the latest. And then I like, boom, nothing. I don't remember being at the bar. I don't remember any of that and i like i sort of shuffle back into reality and i'm at this like it's pitch black i'm in this like living room at this house party crazy techno playing and there's like i don't know anybody <laughs> not one not one person what about the people you went with they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> they're so gone. this is when you came to, like, yeah, so, you, so you come to the moment. So this is him coming back. Yeah. Did you hear, Pardon. you ever heard that your soul leaves your body? Like that's actually your soul. Like when you get, when you go blackout, I just heard a podcast yesterday or today about that. Talking about that. And they say like, 
when that's when you get blacked out, that's your spirit or your soul, like going fuck this, I've had enough, like uh-huh. and leaving, and that's you, like you're, and who knows if you get taken over or whatever, but just lost yeah, time. You're too fucked for your soul to even stick around. So it's probably like two thirty in the morning, anyway. At this and point. so, so you come to your back to the moment at this party. Yeah, and I could turn on, and I'm sitting there with a couple of people, and this girl has acid, and she's like, <laughs> and I like come to, <laughs> and I like. Look down at my hand, and I've got a couple hits of acid and a couple hits of ecstasy in my hand. And we're talking about how we trade it. I just gave her my last two hits of ecstasy for two, or this was my last four hits of ecstasy, and she had four hits of acid. So it was called candy flipping. So, like, just as I come back in reality, I'm like, pop. <laughs> <laughs> All of it, or what? Yeah. But, well, four. I had two hits of acid yeah. and two hits of E. Both in the same thing, like yeah. in the same mouthful. Yeah, and then I'm like, as oh I'm waiting God. for this shit to kick in, I'm like, okay, trying to get to know my surroundings. And I guess I had met all these people at the bar because I was just handing out ecstasy like candy. Yeah, exactly. That's how you get. That's how you get invited <laughs> okay, back. Nice way to make friends. Um. So yeah, and then I remember like going around and having some conversations with some people, and I'm like. A little celebrity almost because I was giving everybody ecstasy, so everybody loves me. <laughs> um, and they're all just tripping, you know, kind of getting going on some ecstasy. <laughs> and I remember, so now the acid's starting to creep up on me. And I'm, and I'm certain that all these people, you know, it starts turning on me. I'm like, okay, all these people, they're going to get, they're up to something. <laughs> they got me back here. It's fucking. There's something's fucking up. That's the that's the bad part about the acid, right? Is it gets you that paranoid? Like you get that you can get that paranoid thing going on. Yeah, so I'm like, fuck. I'm like, what am I gonna do? They're gonna get me. And I remember it took me like an hour. People like, you okay? (laughs) I'm like, you okay, bro? And I'm like, yeah, man, (laughs) I'm okay. And I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, just like beside myself that these people are gonna get me. It's just like probably these are the nicest people. You know, the funny thing is I've never seen any of them since. Two of them I ran into at a bar one time and we talked for like two seconds and that was it. So no like relationships were formed or anything like that. So I start thinking, yeah, it's all like coming at me again. And I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, these people are going to kill me. I got to get the fuck out of here. So I'm like, how am I going to get out of here? So I'm like trying to run through my head, plot through all the different ways I can get out of this fucking party. And I'm like, I've already like, scoped out the porch figured out where my shoes are in the pile and so like finally the guy i'm talking to is like you are you okay man I'm like yeah he's like okay i'm just gonna run to the bathroom and i'm like okay this is my chance <laughs> and buddy like gets up and it's like the song stops playing at the same time too uh-huh. and fucking like this guy goes gets up to go to the bathroom so he hits a hall i like get up and i like run to the porch and everyone's like looking at me and i like grab my shoes and I don't even fucking like stop to put them on. I just like look behind me like, eh, and I'm like out the door <laughs> in my fucking socks and I'm fucking down the road, man. I ran fucking probably like three blocks before I stopped to even put my shoes on. Don't even know. And I'm like, I realize I don't even know where the fuck I am. Like what part of the city? And it's <laughs> like, it's going to take, this is before smartphones and shit. Mm-hmm. So I like, I've got a flip phone in my pocket. That's it. And I'm trying to figure out, Actually, you know what? At that time, I don't even think I had a cell phone or my cell phone was lost because I couldn't call a cab. So I'm like wandering around and I'm trying to figure out if I have any money. 
Luckily, I've still got my wallet, and I figure out, you know, I'm somewhere in the southwest of Calgary. So I'm like, okay. So I walk for what seems like an hour before I get to, like, 17th Ave, where there's some, like, taxis or businesses or phones or something. And the sun's, like, just starting to come up. And I'm like, wow. And I remember, like, I flagged down a cab, and we're, like, driving out. I lived way out on the east side of town, so, like, driving out 16th Ave., so there's no lights or anything, and you're just heading, and this, the sun's just coming up in this crazy, purpley sort of fucking sunrise, psychedelic sunrise. And I got home, and I'm like, get that for a few minutes, I get that feeling of relief that I'm safe. Okay, I made it. And then I'm like, holy fuck, I shouldn't have taken all those drugs. Because it's like, all this has transpired in like an hour, so like my shit isn't even, I'm not even at full speed yet. Yeah. So then I like go into my room and slowly slip into full speed and i was certain i'd con- certainly convinced myself that i had fucking taken too much and you're gonna OD. and this because the ecstasy scares me especially right right and i was either a gonna od or b and so i like sat in the fetal position in the corner of my room there for like 12 hours and waited to die and then uh yeah i was like way later it was like 10 o'clock that night my roommate found me like sketching around the corner looking to see if anyone was there to go get a drink of water he got some food into me yeah i never ate acid again i mean sometimes i think the first one that might fall is gonna be the 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 vaccine schedule i've 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 noticed so much of a of a tipping of the scales in that in the last couple of years because that's when i spent quite a bit of time on the front lines. And once again, for the record, I I have to say that I um, don't agree with you with the idea about vaccines. I think that vaccines are... Total sham. How can you say you don't agree? There's evidence from a whistleblower who is inside the CDC presented on the floor of the Congress of the United States who said, I was there at a meeting and we were told to go into the meeting and bring all the documents and they brought a big garbage can and they started stuffing the garbage can with documents. I mean, this is the kind of evidence, the overwhelming evidence that in any normal situation we'd say, okay, that's it. There's clearly, you know, this is like over the top Watergate kind of stuff or whatever kind of conspiracy that there used to be that people would get on board with. But no, everyone just hums along and goes. Of course, it's already been established that there's a a relationship between vaccines and autism. Just go read the studies. And the other thing that's obvious is that they never tested, like take the MMR vaccine, measles, mumps, and rubella. They never tested it together, which was, you know, that Andrew Wakefield guy who who just talked about. Why would you bother when you can't be sued? You're untouchable by the law. Right. But I mean, how, you know, like just go grab three medications off the shelf and just take them all together and we don't know what will happen. I'm sure it'll be okay. You know, and that's just you can prove that to yourself in five seconds, just like with global warming. And I did a show on this. Go to the NASA website and read about the 97 percent consensus in global warming. It's a complete sham. You will anyone who's honest will read that and go, okay, well, 
they didn't really poll any scientists. They just went and misrepresented papers of these scientists. And we know they misrepresent them because the scientists have come forward. Some of the prominent ones like Judith Curry have said, wait a minute, that wasn't what my, you shouldn't tally up my paper as being supportive of your man-made global warming change. But yet they did. But the real question to ask yourself, why the Heck, is that study still on NASA's website? How can that still be when anyone with 15 minutes of research and throughout the Internet, you can see that it's a bogus statistic that supports this 99 or 97% consensus. So you have stuff like that. You have stuff like the vaccines. And I would just interject my thing on the, on the flat earth is like I get the frustration. I get the frustration. I get Kyrie Irving, you know, of the... I don't know if he's going to be with the Cleveland Cavaliers or uh, or the Boston Celtics, but right, he made a big thing because everyone got in his face and he said, "Hey, man, I don't know, maybe maybe this flat Earth thing is real." And I go, "Oh my God, here's an intelligent guy, well-spoken guy, you know, wealthy guy. How can he believe that? I know how the hell he can believe that because everything he's pushed, he finds out it's bullshit here." bullshit there. Everything he learned in school, he finds out it's bullshit. So when somebody comes along and says, hey, maybe the flat earth bullshit thing, maybe the flat earth thing is, is true, and maybe they've been teaching that as bullshit, he's like, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Things seem to be going in that direction. I get that. I don't think, I think the flat earth thing is ridiculous if anyone really looks into it, but I understand the sentiment. Yeah, and just to take it like one step further, because vaccines is something I'll go, I'll, 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 I can stand my ground on that because I, I, I consider myself, uh, at least if not extremely, at least very well versed and well educated and quite. A, I mean, obviously, me and my wife have made the decision not to vaccinate either of our young children, and you know, when you have kids, that's not a decision you make lightly. So it's like when you when you say you're pro vaccine, red, how much actual vaccine research have you done? Or are you just touting because that's what you've seen on TV or wherever else? I have to understand that my position is kind of different than yours. I don't live in the Canada. I don't live in the United States. In a way, I observe that conversation that you guys are having or those debates that you have as an outsider. But also, I'm, a, I'm a, someone who lives in the third world, and someone who lives in, in a country. And in that, some ways, the know, third world could be most should be most concerned because the things they're doing in Africa are fucking criminal. No, but here's the thing, you know, as someone who has seen how well, or who sees in, in the benefits that vaccines have brought to third world countries like in Latin America, Mexico, Guatemala. You know, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Colombia, et cetera, et cetera. And to see how people in developed world in developed worlds are, you know, stepping back out of those benefits and saying, no, 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 we're we're we 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 don't want this anymore. It's kind of like because we're you know, hey, we know it. it's but bullshit already. Wait, wait, That's wait, the wait, thing. Wait a minute. Sorry, sorry. Let me finish. There's my friend Greg Taylor, who is the, the the editor of the Daily Grail, you know, who also has a, a very uh, defined position about vaccines. And once again, you know, we're 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 talking about how we have to have a very defined position about everything. And he says, look, he's, he is someone who, uh, because of his interest in uh, mediumship 
and, and the old uh, psychical research in the 1900s. He has, you know, read a, a lot of books about that era. And he sees the ravages of what, you know, all these uh, diseases, you know, viral uh, all these pandemics it used to cause in countries like in countries like England and the United States, you know, France and all those countries, and how that was stopped by vaccines. Allegedly, it all coalesces yeah. with so many other things like diet and heat and shelter Look, and access to so many different things. Like it's we so. Come to a, we we reached a point in in our culture in which there is no way I can convince you. Of the validity of my argument. Well, which vaccines? Well, which vaccines? No you presented any data. You can't you me any yours, you know, that, that we, we created, we, the internet has become something of an echo chamber in which we only want to, to read the kind of like uh, stuff that validates. No, yeah, we, we, we get all that, Red. We, we get all that. We've talked about that before. But I, I want to know what, what the, like I can from Mexico, right now, hang like, on, hang on. From Mexico, what, what vaccines really made a difference in the past, like in your lifetime or in, in, in 50 years? Or would you, do you, was there like specific examples of that kind of thing? Oh, measles and, and rubiola and all of that. So the, I don't, I don't remember the names in, 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 in English, but, uh, how many people, you know, you know, that yeah. the measles is real, like, but that's a real detailed discussion where you'd really have to dive into the data. I'm not convinced by what you've said so far that you've really, really, as you just said, talk about the echo chamber. I don't hear you. I, I laid you a specific, okay. You can go look this up. MMR measles, mumps and rubella was never tested clinically as a combined vaccine. Okay, go look that yeah. up. And Maybe not only I'm that, wrong. not only that, pediatricians right now that have taken the MMR instead of giving it at age two have started giving it at, a, at age three. Have gone so, from one in sixty I, to zero for autism. The problem exactly. with the, the look, problem with the vaccine dilemma is that we're talking about two different issues. One is the science issue. You know, the biology issue. And there's that, none you know, done. Wait, 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 Darren, please. Let me finish. That Darren is trying to make the say that, well, you know, uh, we really don't need vaccines in our world because with good hygiene and good diet and whatever. I'm going farther than that. Have, I'm wait, saying wait, that they're probably wait, doing more harm than good. Let me finish. And there's the, then there's the other, the, the big pharma economy discussion. The idea that Pharmaceutical companies find it's more profitable for them to pack these three vaccines into one single injection, right? And those are not two different. Those are not two different discussions. I disagree with that assumption you're making. No, it's, uh, a, well, it's, a, it's about science. It's about medical science and what what are the criteria within medical science that's that allows testing being done on the entire population right now because it's never been tested before in the long term of what any of this stuff does. And I think over the next like 20 or 30 years, we're going to start to really see what the actual repercussions are going to be. True, but also the repercussions of people who are stepping away and saying, you know, we are not going to vaccinate 
our children and see what happens. And, and I've read accounts of, people, of, of, of children who lived in, in, in communes, who were raised in communes in the 1960s, who didn't get vac- uh, vaccines and who are all uh, right now, you know, are paying the price of those decisions by their, 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 their parents because they're suffering. suffering That's a totally people. valid point, but it's a different point. I mean, we can't accept that that they've perpetrated this fraud in terms of telling us that these things have been tested and that they're safe and all the rest of that. That's fraud. Now, if you want to make your other point, that's fine. Your point about third world countries stepping away from vaccines, and we don't know the ramifications. Bravo. You're right. We have to understand that. But if we're going to take a scientific approach, we have to commit to getting good science and and having our hands on good science before we make these decisions. And what Darren said, and I totally agree from looking at it, there isn't good science there. There isn't good science. There's fraud. And, and, and like I said, the, the other factoid that I'd add that I brought to the table, it, it, and these guys know it, but I haven't heard you address it, is we got a whistleblower inside the CDC. It's it's out. It's totally outed that he said, yeah, we knew that it was going to have a, a, a adverse effect that there was this link between the vaccines and autism and we buried the results and then we <laughs> stuffed them in a garbage can so that no one would see it. I mean, that should be, the whole thing should be shut down, but it just isn't. That's right. And this, did you know that the CDC is also like a profitable industry and that's 75 cents from every vaccine sold in the United States goes into the vaccine injury defense or compensation fund that's paid out just over $350 million so far this year. We'll probably, oh, it'll, it'll probably hit half a billion or a billion dollars quietly paid out to vaccine-injured people that you'll never hear about. Because if you go through every fucking network, top fucking advertisers, big seven out of the top ten are going to be Big Pharma. You do not touch Big Pharma or you're done. Dead. If well, if not dead, you're done. You're done on whatever your job was. Yeah. Well, let me let me retract. What <laughs> Merck is really. Uh... Yeah. Well, Red. I don't know. Well, I don't know. We want to keep with the the discussion about you know pharmaceutical companies. Obviously, there there are after a profit. And obviously, you know, we know that there have been studies that were buried and, and we didn't know about the, dan- the dangers of uh, uh, things like, you know, nicotine or, or, or things like, like cigarettes years after, you know, they conducted those, those studies. That's right. That's like what I, said, I think is going to happen to this in another sure, 50 yeah. years. So yeah. I'm, I'm perfectly willing to accept that, you know, there, there is a certain amount of the population who get, you know, a, a very, uh, you know, pernicious outcome of having the three uh, shots, you know, the three vaccines given into one shot yeah. combined with... It's not just that, the, it's, it's uh, most of them, but sure, yeah. Sure. But, the problem and, but is you're that right, that's basically what it, it is. It's, it's a small percentage scare, of this. Out of that, you know, minuscule percentage of your kids uh, developing autism. And we also, we haven't touched about how these apparent or possible increase in autism cases could also be the result of, of you know, psychiatrists changing, you know, the way that they were, you know, diagnosing 
uh, autism. Yeah, but it's not just autism either. It's so many different autoimmune disorders and allergies later in life. Like yeah, I think the, on the thing was on the pol- was, on the uh, on the sorry the, like uh, the former, DD- what was it? What James Carey's former wife, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Jenny, Jenny McCarthy. Sorry, you know she too. She said, you know, I, I, I gave, uh, they gave uh, the shots to my son and then, you know, he developed autism, the ergo, you know, this is the, this is the cause. And she became a, 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 an advocate for this. And that's the, a story you hear time and time true. and time that's again, scary. within an hours of getting that shot. Isn't it true that the, the true scare is raising autism is because of the, uh, of the, the vaccines? Yeah. Sorry, say so that again. That the, the, there's the, the whole thing uh, that initially fueled the autism or the anti-vax movement was, you know, the fear of American parents that the, the, their kids could develop autism. No, that's not what's fueling the anti-vax movement. What's that's fueling the anti-vax movement is the loss of freedom of choice is that all these parents see moving in now mandatory vaccinations. California, boom, mandatory. You want to go to well, school, you get okay, vaccinated. So you want to be a nurse, you get your shots. If you want to talk about it. And, and, you but know, that's there, what the problem is. People don't get their backs up until they don't have the choice. When they have the choice, they'll just shut up and quietly make their choice. I'm the first one to say I won't sit there and get upset at someone for vaccinating. When people email me and ask for advice, I'll just send them places they can go to get unbiased info the places i went to get my information well there's another aspect in which we probably differ because we live in different countries you know that i know that the libertarian sentiment is definitely more prominent in the united states and and canada it's not the same here in mexico in mexico we are not you know citizens are not fighting to get the rights to you know bear arms like in the united states yeah, but it's a little different when, when you can see that they're willing. When is it? So, I mean, is it well okay to sacrifice, say, even if it's, I mean, it's probably more like one in 50, it's, it's 60 okay or 70. For, yeah, yeah, but if, what if it's one in 200? Is that okay for the good of the population? I think there's a point in which the individual has to sacrifice some personal right in favor of, of, of the community or of, of the larger group. Yeah, sure. Yes, yeah, yeah I, dis- I would disagree that? at who, who that fundamental that? level. Yeah, and, and, and who decides well, that? The, I mean, those yeah, things always, sound, those things always sound so great until you say, okay, and who will make that decision? Will we vote on that decision or just some bureaucrat will decide? The ones who, who make that decision. That's what we have laws, that's what we have, you know. But the system's uh, been co-opted. So, well, if... if if you go then that route, yeah, yeah, we're all fucked, and we'll sh- we'll should become preppers, and there's nothing you can do. And by the way, you know, <laughs> what you can do, you can do your it's research and spread truth, and and you know, do it your best to get yourself informed. That's what I tell people who ask me: is get informed consent because your doctor doesn't have it. And I was lucky enough that I had a family doctor that said, "Listen, I just." do say what they tell me when you when i really pushed him he was just i just say what they tell me when they come in here look man you think a doctor what does that mean what well i'm just saying that when a doctor is giving you shots these doctors have done you know oh they say what they tell me to say yeah what the pharmaceutical reps have told them they have they don't have time to if you take that little insert out of that vaccine thing that they give you out and unfold it it unfolds like this big 
and the print's like number eight or number six pixel. And you'd have to use a magnifying glass. And you tell me a doctor that's already seeing 20, 30, 40 patients, 50 patients a day has time to start reading these on 66 different vaccines. Yeah. When he doesn't have any kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's, that's so definitely parents these, need these to do their own like fucking say, research because nobody else is doing it. The companies like aren't doing say, it. There's, the there's government isn't just... doing it. And the doctors aren't doing it. You need to do it that's... yourself. And whatever solution you come up with is fine. But don't force that on other people. Because that, to me, as soon as that starts happening, you can forget the idea that you're living in a, in a free society. That's as fundamental as the argument of freedom over your consciousness. If you don't have freedom over what's injected into your bloodstream, then what the fuck? You're just no, cattle. Because, no, you're because, cattle now. No, no, no. It's because the science supposedly says that it affects everybody else through herd immunity. So Which it's is different bullshit. than I, I know, but this is a, it's really coming down to a philosophical, political discussion over, you know, over freedom versus... Or individual versus uh, individualism versus collectivism, really. Yeah, we'll leave it. We'll live in a world in, now in which uh, people want to be entitled to their own, you know, belief system and Gee, their own that ideas. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, you know, if your belief system is about hurt, hurting other people other people and and there's my belief know. system you have no business worrying about my belief system sure as long as it doesn't infringe no, on yours legis well legislate my actions i understand True. that i can't go into True. a theater and yell fire that's an action i can think about doing that all i want i can fantasize all i want about crazy sure. evil shit that's what, those might be bit. my beliefs I, I can even go on twitter <laughs> until they ban me but it's it's actions it's not beliefs that's that's really really Fundamental yeah, difference. Alex, that kind of comes back to speech versus not speech. We live right? in a world in which religious beliefs uh, informs or or influences people's actions. We live in a world in which you know. Uh, I don't want to control that. Do you? Africa, you know, get their you know clitoris removed because of the religious beliefs of their parents. That's an action, though. That's that's not a belief. That's, that's a, well, like, that's, okay, it's an action, but also an inaction is not, you know. Deciding not to vaccinate your children, isn't it? No, that, 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 there's no, no parallel there. That's that's logically just doesn't make any sense. The action is exactly like Graham said, or I don't know, it was maybe Darren. You know, when I no longer have the say of what someone is allowed to inject into my body, that's the ultimate power of the state that I have to resist. With you know, right up until the end there. Pretty much. And I mean, it's even one thing when it's saying, okay, you got to take one for the team. Maybe once, maybe the, the difference is once you have kids and you picture one of your kids taking one for the team, it becomes a, a totally different animal. Mm. You know, what happens when the government now decides, you know, it just becomes a slippery slope. Once you start giving up those sorts of rights, man, then what the fuck do you really have left? Well, yeah, but there, like I said, you know, there's one. There's you a can't balance. advocate for freedom of Sorry, consciousness. There's, there's a Wait, sorry. There's a guy in Mexico that was our president a long time ago, Benito Juarez, who said, El respeto al derecho ajeno es la paz, which can be translated as, you know, respect of other people's rights means peace. It's trying to ascertain where does my personal rights end and the rights of my neighbor begin. It's something that we definitely need to talk about right now when 
we neighbors, you know, the United States and Mexico are, you know, going through the one of the most uh, difficult uh, relationship to, uh, or times in our relationship since, you know, the United States invaded my country, you know, in, 18, in the 1850s. But getting back to the, the the subject at hand, you know, when is my right to not let the state, quote unquote, put a, a shot or an injection into my body, affect, you know, the people that I interact with in, in my community? If I, as a but person, if you have the shot, then what are you worried about? Wait a minute, man. If, if I, as a sovereign person, accept, okay, I will not let the state. Uh, put things in my body that I don't agree with, okay, but then you have to live with, with the consequence like maybe saying, okay, Mr. Darren Grimes, your passport is going to be canceled because we just can't allow you to be, you know, inside a closed environment like an airplane with 200 people who might not see, you know, your sovereign decision of not accepting uh, vaccines, you know, agree with their lives or see how that affect their personal lives. But if they're if they've got the shot, then what do they have Would to worry about me that, for? Darren, if you will accept you say if if if, if uh, you know the, your passport was cancelled. I think that's a valid I think that's a totally valid point. And and I think then it it just gets really complicated now because no. now we're gonna have to talk about each one of those decisions, each one of those laws and, and it just gets really creepy and deep statey when you look at how the system is being manipulated. Because if they were really upfront about all this stuff, I think that, that they're not, it seems to me that we're moving away from really, like we said at the beginning, no one really wants to have these discussions. So as much as, as, as heated as this discussion is, and as much as I disagree with you, I, I feel like- And we are respectfully disagreeing right now. I mean- I, Exactly. I, I feel like I respect where you're, where you're coming from. And I feel like, you know, if you had your constituents and I had my constituents, I could live with the vote. Because I think the vote would come down to something like you're saying, you know, where you're like, hey, screw you. I think, really think you're messed up. But if you really care about it that much, fine, do your own thing. But you're not going to get to go on the plane then. And I'd go, well, God, that really sucks. But all right, you know, I, I, I will. Or, or I'll only vaccinate this way. You know, we could work that out. What's really scary is when you see how the whole thing is just designed to completely bypass the discussion and just make it happen in these ways that you just wake up someday and it's like, boom, here in the United States, the Fourth Amendment is gone. Search and seizure is gone. It kind of breaks down to simple. So let's look at one thing. Like, so you would say if you got into environmentalism 20 years ago, who would you say is the main problem on the planet? Al Gore. Big oil, right? Big oil is the problem. That's kind of what we were all taught, right? Mm -hmm. Big oil and bankers are the ones who are screwing up everything, right? Not bankers yet in my day. It was just oil. Okay. So then you get to where the bank, you, you get to, you move above the oil realm and you start looking at who controls all the bank, the IMF and all that kind of stuff. Start getting into Basel and, you know, SDRs and all that kind of stuff. But bringing it back is that JP Morgan, a hundred years ago, when Ford wanted to expand and he was going to be the banker to back him, Morgan said, you're going to make the most inefficient engine possible 
of all the different options you have, I want it to be inefficient so that we can sell more oil and we can, it'll break more readily. Ford wanted the car to be built and last for you to hand to your grandchildren. Okay, he wanted you to be able to maintain it. Kind of like the Germans, they're all into maintenance for everything. And the Dodge brothers were their main engineers for building the cars. Well, the Dodge brothers said that as shareholders of this, we don't like that because we don't make any money. We want to sell more and more and more cars. We want the cars to only last for 10 years, throw them away, and buy another car as a shareholder in our company. And so then they took Ford to court, and that court precedent was set where corporations are now have the rights of people was set in that court case. Wow. And J.P. Morgan, the banker, said, I want the most inefficient engine, and which we still use today. We've made it highly technological, but it's still, of all the ways that you could produce locomotion, the gas combustible engine is not a good option. It creates tons of bad effects. But now we're stuck in that. Look, a hundred years later, we're stuck. We've got cars sitting all over that people can't afford. The entire economy is... Part of it is based on the fact on that cars. these cars have to keep selling, but they can't sell the cars because the people can't afford it. So now we have this, there's, there's car lots, not car lots, but outside factories, they've leased like all the land around them to park the cars that they can't unload really? on the public. Oh yeah. Used car market. And so then they couldn't sell them the last five years. So it all went to leases. It's Everybody great started to leasing. Buy a vehicle for sure. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> and so they're doing everything they can right now, not to let the used car market collapse like the housing market bubble that collapsed in 2007 in the U.S. was like, oh shit. Like but I'm, maybe, st- I'm still more apt to buy a diesel. Like if I'm thinking about trading in my truck in a, in a couple of years, I'd be more apt to go diesel than I would to go fucking electric anything. Because a diesel I can run on fucking canola shit I made myself if I need to one day. You know, and it might not be pretty. But you can make your own shit and dump it in that tank, and a diesel will probably fucking run it. The older the diesel, the better. I don't know what the new diesel would do. What about these things that are running shit. on water now? I mean, people are running their motorhomes on water and stuff. Yeah, but that, I'm like, talking more if the shit goes down. That's what I mean. Like, if you white, shouldn't we be moving to. Well, yeah. yeah so, can, Western but, civilization's been built on the least efficient engine, is basically yeah. what I'm getting at. And so that needs to be changed at this point. You know, so like one guy and his greediness has affected billions and billions of people. <laughs> That's, That's what crazy. I say when I don't think it's by design. It's just fucking assholes fucking greediness, their way greedy. for life. And they're just like, they make those decisions that just spiral out of control. And now, now the, there are and those. The, and now the internet is a tool that's, that's uh, shining the light on this. No, but there are a, those yeah, who maybe. Are, that's a different theory. These are crossing theories. Oh, okay. But there are those who are planning and plotting too, because that's the best way to, to move forward, to move your agenda forward, right? And a lot of these secret societies we know work together. You know, when you start pointing out they, there's 1% have 99% of the wealth or something now of the planet, right? So, I mean... Oh, it's ridiculous. There's got to be some sort of a couple of guys getting together and talking about how can we do this. I'm the AI. Bam! You're in a fucking pod. But they're tracking you through your nanotechnology and the vaccine. And they could turn that on. They had the nanotechnology in 1981? They could create a disease. Fuck yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It was probably, it wasn't quite nano, it was like a little pixelated, it was yeah. a little bigger. Yeah, maybe it's just... I know, that's why my chest hurts sometimes, because it's that bot coming back again, it gets hung up at the fucking right ventricle, and then it finally fucking pops through. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's right. it. Yeah, fuck. 
I should go get a new vaccine. My chest pain will go away. But like I was trying to explain how, um, you know, the next thing, not the next, but soon what we want to get to is having a neural chip implant that goes behind your ear and then a contact lens Mm -hmm. so that they, so that everyone on the net and really what I think is happening. Do you believe in the, have you checked out the blue hope or the Hopi prophecies with the blue, the blue, (laughs) blue Kachina or the blue star? Where it basically it says that humanity has to make a choice and then it divides into these two roads, right? One of them goes toward the AI, the other one goes towards <laughs> that's humanity's what I, humanity's. That's what real, I've been thinking. Back to the wilding, back to the wild. Humanity's actual well, not really back to the wild, but continuing on the spiritual evolutionary path, the natural path. The the two will split. You know, the AI is unnatural. So the two are mirroring each other. But doesn't that have to do with government as well? Like commune versus government kind of thing? Like yeah. Not, yeah. Like, I feel like people are going to go back. There's going to be a split as far as like, we're going to be part of the technocracy and the global system versus no, I want my own little tribe and forget the technology that like, not the technology like that, but go back. Like you said, keep that sort of spiritual. um, I also think that sort of the tower of Babel was where we were all telepathic and that was removed in order so that we could learn how to be individual and separate from each other. So it wasn't that we all spoke the same language necessarily. It's that we all were like all the other animals where we're more in, we're more into the telepathic range. And so then when we got divided, then different dialects were, I mean, language was still probably used, but it was only used for like making, you didn't have to, to do that. And so if, if every, if we're all telepathic again, like other animals, then you know, you don't have anything to hide. There's no personal, there's no privacy anymore that kind of thing. You won't pry into people's minds necessarily, but you know, we're all kind of more of like hive mind, which I think is actually happening more and more and more now naturally. Mm. And at the same time, we also have the technology side of that, which is being able to text each other and having everybody just post on Facebook exactly what you're having to eat right now. And you know, all these things. So it's trying to artificially do the same thing that being a telepathic hive mind would do if you were natural. It's creating this is putting everybody into the same mm-hmm. mass consciousness, mm-hmm. thinking the same way. You throw a piece of food over here for them to get all excited about, and they all just gobble, get in there, and rah! He's making them kneel now, rah! They're all just eating this food, you know, that you toss, you just toss it over there. It's, to, it's, I don't know. Maybe I'm jealous we of having this power. Our, we got to get into tossing the meat over the fence to the hungry. Those those guys are the zombies. Loyal. No, we just got to get into zombies not jumping are a on the meat. Loyal bunch. No, we got to get into just not jumping on the meat. No, we got to monetize. We, no, like, no, 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 know, no, 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 no. We got to monetize the meat. No, I think Darren's kind of right. We have no. to. We have to see <laughs> no. ourselves separate <laughs> from. <laughs> just I think you want to be on the spiritual path, but you want to be making your money off of the Autobots, is what I call them. And then changing your money into gold bullion and tobacco and fucking shit like that. I think he's on to something, yeah. Graham. Bam. That's why you're not in charge of the commune. Make money off You're a welcome meat. member of the commune, but you're not making any high-level decisions. You're too much of a dreamer. <laughs> you got to be a vision. You got to have a visionary yeah. in there somewhere, though. Yeah, that's right. Well, we'll listen to it. We can come to the meetings, but we just need to be like, okay, no, we're going to charge. We for can't the meat. just let everybody in, Graham. We're going to charge for the meat. <laughs> we're charging yeah. for meat. Uh, huh. So I don't know. I think it's kind of. I think it's. 
you know, that Hopi prophecy, it didn't all happen that day when the blue star was in the sky. When was that? Like, I don't remember exactly. It was around 2012, wasn't it? I thought so. Were you paying attention to that? A little bit. What? I got, I went to jail for a couple of weeks. I eventually was on probation and I couldn't stop getting high, dude, because again, I was like, Oh, it's just weed or whatever. It wasn't even like hard drugs at that point. It was just the mindset of living life on my terms and bending things to my will. When, and you know, you can't do that in life if you want to be successful, you know, some things you got to just accept. And, uh, I went to the little town and this is where it really starts getting crazy called Delray beach, Florida. Okay. okay. I'm sure none, none neither guys have heard anything significant about that. No, that I've town. never heard of it. I wonder Adam might have heard of it, I, but I've I, never I, heard I feel of like it. I've heard of that. I don't know. I feel like I've heard of it. I don't know why well, you may have Graham, being in the, in the circles you traveling and you travel in and having, you know, 9.5 years of sobriety. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you could, uh, I'm sure you've heard of it because what it is, is it's a town run by addicts. The economy, everything is run by addicts. It is the craziest town I've ever been in. Okay. Shortly after I, I got my shit together down there. So in a way I'm grateful, you know, run by recovery addicts know, or recovering. Yeah. Addicts. Recovery. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, addicts yeah. recover. I mean, recovering yeah. addicts, yeah, yeah, you know, but a yeah. lot of them, it creates this it, this perpetual cycle of like the whole thing is run by the, the treatment center business. Okay. And there's all sorts, there was, uh, what were they calling it? Um, people brokering. I forget what they were calling it. Basically there was people around who had had no, like their job was to sit at Starbucks or whatever. There's a big strip in this town, you know, and everyone who doesn't work comes down there and hangs out with their buddies, you know, smoke mm -hmm. cigarettes all day. So these people, their job, man, they were working for treatment centers and halfway houses. And I'm not kidding, man. When I tell you this town, like, especially within a certain area, it's like 80 to 90% halfway houses in, in like one little, you know, five block section. It's like unreal. And these people are just setting them up. They don't know what they're doing. They're just trying to make money. So eventually like it, it, insurance got involved and these people's jobs became to get people into treatment. They would get kickbacks for people that they send into treatment, which doesn't sound that bad at face value, right? It doesn't sound like something awful, you know, and they, they you can manipulate yourself into thinking you're doing something really good. Mm -hmm. um, so what this turns into though is, look, I'll get you high, man, if you go to rehab and we can use your assurance and I get the kickback. And I'm really thrilled, man. This is, I'm really thrilled I'm able to talk about this because I think this is a problem that it's, it's crazy down there, man. And, and no one's ever talked about it. No one's ever, cause I don't think many people make it out of there. You know, I know, I know people, many people don't make it out of there because even the ones who stay sober, they need that environment. It's not, they're not really learning how to be sober. They're learning. Well, how to I, it, exactly. I mean, imagine, so the sobriety rate is, is terrible as it is. I mean, there's a lot of people yeah, getting clean and sober. It's still like five to 10%. Like that's through yeah. all the best programs there are. So in a place like that, where they're actually, you know, luring you into treatment to get you high when you get out. I mean, it's just going to turn into a disaster. I mean, some of those people might be, you know, you might get a seed planted of, of actually some sort of spiritual, um, you know, um, experience or something that might help them in the future. But uh, it's, uh, that's not very good. Um, I'll never forget this, man. I've never really told anyone this before. 
Um, I was in the courtroom that Monday following. Am I rambling or are you guys still following me? No, no, we're still following you. Okay, good. Um, I was in the courtroom that Monday and my parents had come down. They had already scheduled to come down because I wanted to get out of court. My knee wasn't that bad. Like it was, it, it hurt, but it wasn't like a serious injury. But I called them because I wanted a doctor's appointment to get me out of that place for a day. You know what I mean? So they came down. At this point, they ended up coming to my court date instead of taking me to a doctor's appointment. And, uh, you know, I was the last one to go at court because I, I, I was one of the first people called. And the judge was basically like, uh, I'm done. I can't believe you got kicked out of this place, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, essentially she was like, you know, when my lawyer said something like, oh, can we talk about this at the end? And, you're, and the judge was like, okay, that's fine. So I'm the last one to go up, dude. They go and they huddle in the back for like 10 minutes and talk about what they're going to do with me. They come back and they, they gave me an option. They were like, you can go to another county funded facility, you know, for the next power six weeks or whatever it was, or you can go to jail. And like, I was, I didn't want to do it anymore. And I, I, I was just ready to take my chances and go to jail for a week and have a felony on my record. You know, Jesus, so all it was, was I figured, what'd you say? I said, Jesus. Yeah. So I, I figured out, I, I, I talked myself out of it. You know, I was like, okay, this is not that big of a deal. It's, it's just, I can just tell everyone it's, it's we, by the time I have to, you know, interview for a job that's going to mean anything is going to be legal yeah, anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah, all the yeah, crazy yeah. shit we tell ourselves, man. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was about to go to jail and I heard my mom cry, dude. I heard just like a whimper in back of me. And I, I, I'll never forget that. Like I, I can relive that moment. Like it was five minutes ago. Jeez, and uh, I was like, I can't, I can't do this to my mother. Like I've already put my family through so much shit. Fuck this take me to the facility, right? So they put me in jail, and the next day they came. I was in jail for like 12 hours. So the next day they came, and they brought me to the facility. And it was all over again, man. Like, I can't describe to you the conditions of this facility. Bed bugs, um, mold all over my bunk. I was getting sick, like really sick, like once a week. Like, I haven't tr I never get sick, dude. I, I'm an athlete. I don't have breathing problems. And I couldn't breathe in this place. It was just miserable. So as I was there, people started coming in. Like every Monday night, and this is where it really starts getting interesting. Every Monday night, people would come in, and there was this guy. Should I use names? Fuck it, I'll use names. I think he's dead anyway. I think he died recently. He was, uh, his name was Harry Hamilton. He was one of the richest men in Florida, if not the richest. And I believe he's top 50 richest people in the country, or was before he passed away. This guy was coming into this dilapidated ass county facility and it was like you should see i think i still have the booklet somewhere the people who are coming into this facility dude it's like the vice president of wells fargo um harry hamilton this guy built city place in, i don't know if any of you guys have ever been to uh palm beach county florida uh no i've never been to florida okay well don't bother dude <laughs> don't that go second on vacation leave told on me probation that. yeah Yes, yeah, it's, it's great to visit, terrible with. That's my opinion. Um, so this guy was coming in, right? And I was like, why is this billionaire coming into this facility where people can't even afford $75 to sign in? Why is he coming here? And why is he recruiting this guy? He, was, he loved this one guy that was, that was there. I don't know. And I, know, I don't know what happened to the guy. The guy was a bouncer at a strip club. 
Jeez. Florida. Don't touch. You have shit. You have mushrooms in your beard. <laughs> so I think those, uh, yeah, those four fit Ramicas. pretty well. Yamica. Yamica. At least yours fits. Oh. It's <laughs> just a moth. Was that? No, it's not a moth. <laughs> yes, it's just. Did a you see the size? Oh, it's a beetle. It's a moth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little. Oh, bug, it's a funny-looking bug, man. Get it out of here. Give me Lyme disease or something. <laughs> I have Lyme disease if you want it. Living inside machines. So you should do a reading for tonight. Like full on the whole wheel. Like this kind of reading? Yeah. Do you know how to work those things? No, he doesn't. Oh. <laughs> you? Well, yeah. There's also you just oh, have to look on that. the you just have to look on the uh, five car reading. Yeah, yeah there's different uh, readings yeah. you can look up how to lay them down. And a five car reading will give you a more in depth look at your situation or concern. Shuffle the cards while focusing on your question and cut the deck into five separate piles. With your dominant hand, choose five cards, one from each pile, and place them down from left to right. Flip each card over and read the keywords. Then look up the full meanings in the guidebook. I organized it. You know how beatniks would no, need like <laughs> I even got interviewed by the paper. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't even fucking play intramural sports. And you organized a walkout? Yeah. Oh my god. Now you have Over a what? Because they were going to take away intramural sports. Oh. And you're like, I don't play, but I don't agree. <laughs> Let's walk out. Shit. It actually was scary for a bit there because we went class to class. We were like, we're fucking out of here and no one was coming. Eventually got a little, we got like 30 people with <laughs> Standing us. on the field calling to their friends. No, we were come going on, door to door. Come on, let's go, walk out. This is bullshit. Where did you walk to? <laughs> Up to the end of the road. So you stayed on the property. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go over the singing bowl and uh, try and It's cold, though, that's a problem. I don't want to be cold. Even as I become more stoned, the weather seems to really fucking... What? Put a sleeping bag on? How many people you told that one to? <laughs> Is that your move? <laughs> it's okay, baby. I got a sleeping bag. Thinking of it more from an engineering standpoint, so that like one line is one dimension. That's three dimension. This square can be two dimension. But you're looking at it from a three dimensional perspective. Never mind. He's looking at it from a twelve dimensional perspective. Well, he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> right? Am I wrong? I don't know. I can't argue with someone who's in the twelve dimension. See, I win. <laughs> <laughs> this ball yeah yeah <laughs> dead <laughs> already <laughs> roll backwards after the... no go again <laughs> no okay I'll put out the game for you here we go God, I'm getting the speed wobbles. <laughs> you want to try? <laughs> Why is that so funny? 
Uh, I was gonna watch you for a second. <laughs> okay, get ready. Let's see how you do it. This reminds me of fucking. <laughs> Independence Day. What's fun is that it's super simple. <laughs> oh my god, for a dollar thirty nine we could get a goat simulator. <laughs> Look at that fucking bar gram. Where'd it yeah, go? let's do it, man. I'm in. Where'd that bug go? <laughs> it looked like it flew right into that window. Okay, I got the bug, Graham. Want some guacamole and chips? Look, I think the moon's a hologram. Look, yeah, lunar wave. Come here, look at it. I don't really. I've seen the lunar wave. I believe that. I've seen some weird shit on the moon that I can't. I can't figure out what it means. Yeah, by looking at the moon, I've seen it do strange things that it shouldn't do. I would tend to almost believe in the hologram thing. Well, when the clouds were rolling over, you can still see, like, right now, you can't even... You can see the moon through those clouds. Here comes the moon, bitches! There you go. You need about fucking five minutes, not even. can't even... It's so bright. I can hardly even see my breath right now. Well, there it is. I think it's like 10 degrees, bro. Yeah, I think it's pretty warm. Yeah. There it is. When I was young, my uncle would always... We'd be over at the house or whatever, and he'd always try and tell me that the moon was... I could see the moon moving whenever clouds were in front of it. <laughs> it was the clouds moving. It's like, look, the moon's moving. Those clouds are crazy. Mm-hmm. Probably from the mushrooms. No, they look pretty cool. Well, you ate mushrooms too. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder if it was a waste of time. I don't think so. No, it's fine. Seems like people like it. Seems like it affects people pretty yeah. positively for the most part. Some guy wrote us an email the other day said that he fucking put us for his what do they call it at the end of fucking your doctorate or whatever thesis. Yeah, it was like like your thesis of his paper, or like, paper or whatever. He yeah, fucking put us in the oh oh okay in your in the thank yous yeah. or whatever because he listened to like fucking 80 episodes while he was working on it oh really he just listened to the show fucking I guess it would be like footnotes I guess back catalog a couple times it fucking blows me away mm-hmm. blows me away 
It's just like a weird little fucking science experiment type thing, yeah? Now it's almost, it's just going to its own thing now. It's, you're like responsible for it mm-hmm. in some ways. It's bigger than Graham or I. It's just, it's bigger than us. It'd mm-hmm. be a shame if it ever fucking, yeah, just, yeah. you know, it's only, it's not even just about us anymore. Me just deciding to stop. A bunch of people would just be let down. Mm-hmm. So if I ever want to get out of it, I just have to give it someone or I don't know you try know, and keep it trying to do yeah. something I, I don't see that as a problem right now because it's a lot further thing from my mind like I said I fucking they saying earlier it's fucking passion mm-hmm. still hopefully it just is a passion still in like 20 years it'd be a lot easier if I didn't have to go to work and do this because you know that's the thing that makes this seem the most like work sometimes mm-hmm is when I've worked 60 hours in a week and it's Friday night and I'm trying to get the Apple. It's fucking... It just seems I like had to put my kids... Work. You know, I got a, I got a family, so you didn't have kids, put the kids to bed. I with the wife to bed, everyone goes to bed, now it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock, start editing. Yeah, and then you get to bed at two, yeah, two. Back up at 5.30? That's 6.30. Hmm. You get up 5.30? Five. 5? Fuck me. What time you start? 7. Why the fuck you get up at 5? You I don't early? know. It's in, I you get up it's early? In, you an early it's person? It's ingrained in me now. No alarm clock. I'm just up around 5. I guess I shouldn't... I'm I out get of up bed around 5 a lot too and I go the fuck back to bed. Well, I, I don't... I shouldn't say... But I should I because then I get up at fucking 6.30 and I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. I'm I feel like at, at that 5.15 or whatever it is, at that time I could just kind of like... Get up. Whoop. Yeah, I'd really have to credit my wife, because it wasn't for Lisa, my kids would probably be vaccinated. Wow. Because at the time, I had, you know, she's, at the time, I wouldn't have second-guessed it. It was way before the podcast. It was before, it was when I was just starting to listen to podcasts, when I had my first kid. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, I wasn't even on my radar until she brought it up. And then that's when you start tumbling down the rabbit hole. So, I mean, neither of my kids are vaccinated, and they won't be. Right. I do. I like. I do consider the chicken pox one when they're older. If I can't figure out a better way to get chicken pox into them, but we'll see what happens. They're still pretty young. My my doctor that I just went to. I went to this guy, uh, specialist about kidneys, and he was talking about um, if I haven't had the chicken pox vaccine, or if that he, he says I should get a vaccine for shingles. But have you had that chicken pox? That was the pox? one thing he was trying to push. Like, I, well, I don't know. I can't I mean, remember. That, that I don't could know. be I think a problem. He probably had chicken pox, but the problem is, so, it's, it's I mean, mine, we'll get into that later, but a little deeper later. But part of the problem with, because the chicken pox is one of the ones that was kind of a cakewalk because it was so, it's so abundant in our society. And so, I mean, the vaccine actually uses a live virus and enough live virus that they, they don't need a lot of stimulants. So, what are you doing? You can buy chicken pox lollipops for your kids. That's sketchy. <laughs> so what? a kid that has chicken pox sucks on these and then they sell them. Yeah, that's fuck up. That's fucked up. Like I've that happens a lot around here, but just in the local communities. So like if a one party. Of, yeah, if one of our kids' friends gets chicken pox, because we know the whole a big chunk of the uh, population. That doesn't vaccinate. So if one of those kids gets chicken pox, we'll head over there. Or you what do does the that. lollipop do? 
gives your kid chicken pox. Oh, it gives them. I thought it was for stopping it. Buying it online is pretty sketchy. How freaking sketchy is that to give your kid, hey, little Jimmy, <laughs> want a sucker? Wink, wink. But it's different yeah, if, you're like, another that is if your shady. kid has fucking chicken pox, it's different. It's like, hey, James, give your kid a sucker for a minute, and I'm going to go give it to my kid. Because I want my kid to have chicken pox. There's a lot, oh, there's a that's lot what different. it's to share them. Yeah, but that's off the internet. That's different. You don't buy a lollipop. Well, why don't you just get a normal lollipop then? I don't get it. That's, just share a normal lollipop. Yeah, that's buying a fucking lollipop. With, with it, and then you share it? That's buying a lollipop off the internet that has chicken pox. With, the, va- yeah, with, this, with, with the virus in it. Like the, Super fucked uh, up. <laughs> that is like just shady to do that to your kids, man. I don't know. Like, But I mean, if one of my friends gets chicken pox, one of my friend's kids gets chicken pox, we'll bring him over and try and get her to catch it. Just like we did when I was a kid. Remember we all had chicken pox at the same time? I scratched one. I still yeah. had a scar. I got a week off school. So now part of the problem with that is they use, is, is the vaccine works pretty well for chicken pox. What it turns out is that all the kids having chicken pox all the time was actually giving us a little booster against getting fucking shingles. shingles yeah. It was giving us because it's part of the same family. So it was giving us, we didn't real we realized, and it's not even proven, but it seems seems to be the case that all our kids having chicken pox there was enough of that going around to keep the shingles at bay but now since that's going away shingles is starting to be a problem so my, like me and you both could have a problem with shingles if my kids get chicken pox so you come over my buddy got shingles he said it was like the most painful thing ever yeah exactly Brutal. like sick and fever like he thought he was gonna die so if my kids get chicken pox, you come hang out for a no and then i'll get shingles no you won't get sick it's not the same fucking thing it's just close enough wait Okay, well, Graham, we'll just go, I'll order some. Shingles and chicken pox. Isn't I'm the shingles same thing. It's just close enough to give your yeah. body a disease. Oh, okay, okay. Have the four of us had chicken pox? I have, yeah. yeah. Graham, yeah, I never not, had chicken I'm pox? Not, I don't know. I think so, probably, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't so, remember. Yeah. For me, this is actually part of, uh, I guess, call it even American mythology. Everybody has had chicken pox. Every sing- I, I would wager that every person that I know and come in talk, contact with has had chicken pox. I remember we got it in early elementary school. Again, like you said, Darren, like there's sometimes parties, people get together. It's inevitable that you're going to get it, but I'm curious as if, if there's a significant mortality rate. I'm just is, checking that up right now. Is, yeah. Has anybody died of chicken pox? Why are we inoculating against diseases that don't have a significant mortality rate? If that's true, so I mean, everybody hears smallpox, and again, I'm, I'm a layman. I so, don't know. So here we go. We'll go. Uh, chicken pox was very prevalent in the United States. It's from the CDC's own website, oh, uh, okay. CDC.gov/chickenpox. Blah blah blah. Chickenpox was very common in the early 1990s. An average of four million people per year got chickenpox. Ten thousand to thirteen thousand were hospitalized, and one hundred to one hundred and fifty died each year. One hundred and four million. Yeah. Hmm. And, I'm, and I mean, this doesn't go any deeper than that because it's the CDC. But I would, I would bet fucking dollars to donuts that if you were, if you could dig up those cases of people that died, that there was fucking some sort of fucking oh, compromise. There was underlying fucking problems. It wasn't just the chicken pox. It was all they had. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse that they should have died but i'm just saying you know and i mean even at that you're at over 99.999 like what's four million 
Four million divided by 150. That's a negligible is, per is, is one in 26,666. So, I mean, that's the infant mortality rate isn't even that good. So let's let's double back over to the finish up on the vaccine injury board there yeah. quick before we, before we get into this any further. So that's like so does that mean in 1986 that all the lawsuits stopped and no no money's been handed or we've just accepted the fact that um, vaccines don't injure people? Uh, no, that's not the case. So <laughs> the Supreme Court has um, decided that the definition of vaccines is that they're unavoidably unsafe, which kind of means that for whatever reason, there's a said percentage of the population that can't, that, that is going to have an adverse reaction to the vaccines. We don't know why we don't know how to figure out who they are, but we're just, it's, we're willing to accept it. So the greater good, so to speak. Um, so what they did is they added an extra 75 cents tax, ex- a tax onto the, on top of the vaccine price, which is already paid for by tax dollars. Um, so 75 cents from all these vaccines sold every single one. So if you get an MMR vaccine, that's got three different vaccines in it, that's $2 and 25 cents. It all goes into a giant pot. Every vaccine, every single year goes into a giant pot. And then, so if a case does come up, uh, it goes into a vaccine injury court, which is again, paid for all by taxpayer dollars. Um, they fight over this lawyers fight over it and they pay out payouts. You wonder how much is left over? Well, this year it's like $360 million. The last time I checked was the payouts to date. Um, To date, since it was established in 1986, I want to say it's something like $3.7 billion paid out, quietly paid out under the table uh, to people injured by vaccine. And I mean, the real problem with that is almost like 80 to 90% of the people that are getting paid out and winning their court cases are adults or young adults or people that can at least communicate at the level to say, Hey, I was doing this, doing that. I used to be able to do this and now I can't do any of it. Um, so you're not seeing a lot of child compensation because a child, a three-year-old can't say, Hey, you know, I got that shot and I feel pretty fucked up ever since. And it's harder for a parent to prove that their kid has actually changed. That's right. Yeah. Like, you know, little Johnny used to be like this, and he got vaccinated, now he's like that. Oh, you know, show us the proof. So for chronic conditions, allergic rhinitis in the vaccinated, a um, a 10.4% occurrence. In the unvaccinated, it was only a 0.4% occurrence. Allergies, 22% in the vaccinated, 6.9% in the unvaccinated. ADHD, 4.7% in the vaccinated, 1% in the unvaccinated. Eczema, 9.5% in the vaccinated, 3.6% in the unvaccinated. Uh, Learning disability in general, 5.7% in the vaccinated, 1.2%. In the unvaccinated. Mm. Neurodevelopmental disorders, 10.5% in the vaccinated, 3.1% in the unvaccinated. Any chronic conditions, 44% in the vaccinated, 24% in the unvaccinated. Now, it doesn't say what a chronic condition is, so that's kind of hard. If you throw the 
if you throw the um partially vaccinated in there it's funny because on some things like allergies they'll match the fully vaccinated completely which i think has something to do with the aluminum that's so widespread um but in other things like adhd you'll see an actual so it's 1.2 percent in the in the vaccinated unvaccinated 5.6 percent in the fully vaccinated and 3.9 percent in the partially vaccinated so it's almost like they're coming up the middle yeah which is, and I mean, I was looking at another study that uh, a while ago that says you were 30 times more likely to develop fucking allergies later in life if you're vaccinated, which is weird to me because I didn't develop any allergies until I was already fucking mid 20s or 30s? late 20s. Late 20s. Late 20s, I developed allergies to pollen. Yeah. No, I haven't. Uh, and anything I have come across is like I had that other one I was looking at. I can't find it currently, but it was around along the same lines and it had already been retracted as well. But none of them are huge sample sizes. And I've seen some unofficial samples from uh, Dr. Paul Thomas there out in Paul, or I think it's Paul Thomas, yeah, out in Portland, where he, so he basically does a vaccine choice clinic in, in Portland, and he'll do anything, whatever you want. He'll do he'll vaccinate you fully, he won't vaccinate you, or he'll vaccinate you whatever you want to do. He has his own relaxed schedule that he hands out to people, which is MMR a lot later and things like that. No hepatitis B at all. Um, but he was comparing his um, his uh, sort of sample of he's got thirteen thousand patients or something like that, and he took like I think he took he took about twelve or thirteen hundred of them, and he had like three hundred that were unvaccinated. Um. A thousand that had followed his protocols, and mm-hmm. nine hundred and some that had followed the full vaccination rate. And he had zero cases of autism in the unvaccinated, zero cases of autism in his schedule, and it was uh, it was like sixty. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but it worked out to exactly the like one in seventy rate that the CDC is saying we're at now on the full schedule. It's impossible to challenge it or reprimand it. You, uh, even though it has been proven to damage some, it's also very surreptitiously promoted through institution, which I think would give a lot of people pause. So my, why are you giving your kids a vaccine? Well, my doctor says so. Why does your doctor say so? Uh, well, because the AMA says so, because the CDC says so. Okay, well, that's why my doctor does it. Okay, the doctor that I may or, or may not trust. That's the reason. That's an appeal to authority. A lot of people think that's fallacious. Maybe they should question it. And then uh, you find you start finding out that there are uh, I can't remember the name of the fund, Darren, that pays out yeah, the vac- vaccine here. injury compensation fund. Okay, that's that's which, by the way, has paid has paid out eighty three times for autism. Eighty three times for autism. Okay. Yeah. So they've settled. They've settled. They've settled on autism. Yes. Yeah. 80, 83 times. 83 times. As, a, as, a, as a, I guess you call it a precedent, uh, even though it's a settlement, they, they've paid out significant money and damages to people. That's just autism, so, by the, the way. They've, they've, they've yeah, right, paid out right. tons and tons of times. That's just autism. Hundreds of millions more dollars, right? Yeah. So it's, it's in 300 some million dollars or so per year. It's, it's like per, it's per closing year. in on four billion since its inception. Yeah. Whistleblowers have come out uh, within the CDC talking about it, and, and they've been either defamed or shut down. Um, 
again, another thing that makes you scratch your head and wonder if, if something's going on beyond, you know, just uh, authoritative institutions doing something that's for the greater good, for our greater good. Uh, and then the consistent increase in schedule for the vaccines and the increase in schedule also translates to significant uh, wealth generation by medical institutions, be it government or private, uh, and the private institutions or, or the, the doctors, your, your neighborhood doctor, your your general uh, practitioner that, that gives you some of these vaccinations or, or the obstetricians that give you these vaccinations at the time of your birth are getting how much money per vaccination in some cases That's every right. time they do it. Every time they do it's it, like, it the, can be up to like a four hundred dollar administration fees per patient, and something like that. No way. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and so, and so, I don't have. Uh, again, I don't. I don't want to come across as a as a wild haired anti vax And not only that, uh, if you if you have a certain percentage of your practice fully vaccinated, you get little bonuses per kid too. Mm. For that, yeah. So there's a lot of financial incentive to yeah. hit your numbers. Yeah, so all those things, yeah, coupled specifically with that financial incentive, uh, the fact that the question uh, can't even be asked about whether or not there might be something else going on or it can't be challenged as to whether or not this may or may not be ultimately beneficial for our health at large as a population, That's concern. I think that would be concerning to any critically thinking person. And those are the questions that I'm asking, but not being a doctor, not being a scientist, I mean, short of doing my own study, getting a degree in it, and uh, I don't know how I'd get my hands on any vaccines. I mean, they were putting the mercury in the fucking things up until a few years ago. Right. And I mean, and still now to this day, the multi-dose flu shot still has 25 micrograms of thimerosal in it, which turns out uh, 25 micrograms in a half milliliter shot uh, for your flu shot, turns out to 50,000 parts per billion of fucking mercury. So I think you're allowed, you're not allowed to have more than two parts per billion in drinking water. And when you hit 200 parts per billion, it's considered toxic waste. And it's what again? 2,000? 50,000. 50. Wow. In the flu shot. And it used to be no, more of that. I mean, now they say that, that all these vaccines are thimerosal free. But as per the regulations, uh, that just means it has to have less than 0.3 micrograms per half milliliter, which can still work out to like 600 parts per billion per shot, which is still toxic waste by all standards. And, and what's the reasoning for right. putting mercury in again, thimerosal? Well, what it does is it allows them to, it helps stop, it helps, some of them helps, uh, um, the shelf life, and it also uh, enables a doctor to be able to put multiple needles into them. I think is the other one without. And what was the reason for aluminum? Does it get aluminum? Aluminum gives you a reaction. So the aluminum is put in there because they put in the dead small amount of the dead virus, and if a lot of times that's not enough to get a reaction out of you. So they'll throw some aluminum in there. So that's to like aggravate your fucking system to make your antibodies. They have to activate the antibodies. So they put the aluminum in. So that's another thing where if you go to different governmental bodies, you're going to get different information.
Yeah. So if you go to the FDA, they say that the allowable, the safe allowable um, limits for aluminum in the human body before it starts calling, causing neurological disorders is um, five. Oh shit, what is it? It's uh, five micrograms. Five micrograms per kilogram per day. So if you're 100 kilograms, you could have 500 micrograms, um, which is how it works out. So then basically, so that's a safe level as per the M- um, FDA, five micrograms per kilogram per day, any more than that, and you're causing neuro- neurological uh, disorders. So, and that's for natural methods. That's for if you, because there's an aluminum all over the place, so maybe you're breathing it in. Um, from brake dust and everything else, or maybe you're eating it in the food because it was in the soil of your food, so you, you run into aluminum that way. That's what those FDA standards are there for. So even those aren't for aluminum injected past every natural fucking defense the body set up. Yeah. That, that's, they don't even have standards for that. They don't exist. So what's the amount in, in those the vaccines then? Well, in the first one, in the, in the very first shot that you get is uh, the hepatitis B which is given to all U.S. and Canadian children born within the first 12 hours of birth. <laughs> so to, just to check the... Um, and the, uh, to be honest, the hepatitis B one is the one that made a lot of uh, refutable people join the side of the anti-vaccination movement. Like a lot of doctors that's what, that's what- and pediatricians, as soon as the hep B came out, they were like, wait a second. Okay, so, so to recap, there's two possible ways to get hepatitis B. You're either, it's uh, transmitted like AIDS, so it's either sexually or sharing needles or somehow sharing bloodstream. Intravenously. You have to get it intravenously. Um, so I think there's something like a 1 in 200 or 250 women in the States have hepatitis B. Uh, it is 100% pre-screenable, so they would know if the mother had hepatitis B when she was pregnant and could plan for it with the vaccine then. But instead, they said, no, we're just going to give it to every single baby born within the first fucking 12 hours of life. So a disease that these kids probably aren't going to, if they do encounter it in their life, it's not going to be until their teenage years. And by then, they need a booster shot anyway because it's worn off. Um, So just that shot alone has 225 micrograms of aluminum in it. And the FDA was five? Five micrograms per kilogram. So let's take a five kilogram baby would be like 10 point something pounds. Yeah. Big baby. Yeah. Bigger than average. I think average is 8 pounds or something like that. But we'll let's, just, let's use 10, 10 pounds. Pound. We'll use 10 baby. pound baby. The American babies are pretty big. Yeah, which is a 5, 10 Girl pounds. We'll, we'll call it 5 kilograms. So if you're allowed 5 micrograms for, per kilogram, that's 5 kilograms. What's that? 25 micrograms. So the hepatitis B shot is 225 micrograms of uh, aluminum in it. Directed directly into the bloodstream, that you of know a, maybe of some a, of a five kilogram, yeah, of a five kilogram baby. Now let me just see if I can find the. I wonder uh, what the percentage over the FDA's allowable limit is then, if you if you scale it for the pounds. Well, percentage wise, it would be. It's ten times. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Be, no, no, it's ten. It's ten thousand percent. Yeah, thousand percent, ten uh, times. Uh, that's the big thing for me. Again, I would love to hear, I would love to hear a debate between an intelligent staunch anti-vaxxer that, that 
that understands the industry and understands uh, the pharmaceuticals and understands toxicity uh, and then arguing someone that is very, you know, pro-vaccine. I would like to hear that and have these numbers explained to me as a layperson because that, that, that's what immediately would spark my interest is uh, it's, it's a talking out of both sides of their mouth as an institution. So the CDC will say uh, this much is allowed uh, per day, per kilogram or, or per pound uh, for, for a baby or for an adult or for a human. This level of toxicity is tolerable. These are our recommended amounts. It's like, and then we're going to give uh, somewhere between, you know, five and 15 times uh, the amount that we just stated that's is right. allowable. And I mean, toxic- that's just day one. To, to, yeah, to, to your to your immediately newborn baby. Yeah, so, so twelve that's hours. That's, I mean, that's, that's just, just day yeah. one. That first shot. So when you go back for your two month and four month and six month visits, you start getting combination shots. So you're not getting just one shot at a time. This Hep B shot is just one shot. And I got to charge me. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe maybe there's a piece of the puzzle that I don't understand. But but to have an institution say that this is a extraordinary, uh, this is a level of toxicity that you cannot pass uh, and be in good health. And then simultaneously recommend, you know, uh, like an order of magnitude more than that with an administrative drug uh, on the day of your birth is something very difficult for me to reconcile. That's right. So here I've got the schedule here for me. So when you go in two months, you get DTAP and rotavirus. Uh, DTAP is uh, tetanus, pertussis, and the other one. Um, so anyway, my point is when you go in for that two month and that four month, you're closing in on closer to about a thousand micrograms. So you're, I mean, if you think doing tenfold, a thousand percent is bad, you're doing 10,000 percent on your four-month visit with the combination of the four different vaccines you're getting in two shots. And again, that's just, and then that's just, and that's just two um, of 60, did you say? That's just, we're, we're, you're four months old. No, no, I know, but that's, you said that the the overall schedule is 69. 69, So that's the, might be 72 now. That's two out of the 72. So you're getting that DTAP, which also has aluminum hydroxide, formaldehyde, glutaride, and polysorbate 80. Polysorbate 80 is a big problem because polysorbate 80 was developed specifically to help get brains to cross the, or to help get drugs to cross the blood brain barrier for uh, neurological drugs. So now they've thrown it into these vaccines and it's attaching to aluminum and helping it get across the blood brain barrier. So anytime you see a vaccine with polysorbate 80 and aluminum, you've got extra problems. So at four right. months old, you're getting the DTAP, which has polysorbate and aluminum. And you're also getting the rotavirus shot, which has uh, more aluminum. Hey, are you guys getting a lot of. Um, and polysorbate 80. So if you go all the way through from 1 to 18, these are all the shots you'd get. Influenza and DTAP during pregnancy, Hep B at birth, Hep B at two months, rotavirus at two months, DTAP two months, Hib two months, pneumococcal two months, IPV two months. Rotavirus four months, DTAP four months, Hib at four months, pneumococcal at four months, IPV at four months. 
six months, you need another Hep V, another rotavirus, another DTAP, another Hib, another pneumococcal, another IPV, and now we're going to start throwing in an influenza shot. At one year, you're going to get another Hib, another pneumococcal. Now we're going to throw in the MMR vaccine. We're going to throw in a chickenpox vaccine, a Hep A shot. Then at 18 months, you're going to get another DTAP, another influenza, another Hep A shot. At 30 months, you're going to get an influenza. At 42 months, you're going to get an influenza. At four years, you need a DTAP, an IPV, another MMR booster, a varicella, which is a chickenpox booster. And five years, you get an influenza. Six years, influenza. Seven years, influenza. Eight, influenza. Nine At, at nine years old, you're going to get influenza in your first HPV shot. No way. Ten years, you're going to get influenza, another HPV shot. 11, you're going to get a flu shot, another HPV shot, a D, and uh, that's it. Then at 12, you're going to get another DTAP, another influenza, another monococcal, instead and of the you're pneumococcal. Gonna start, and you're going to start taking anti-ADHD drugs. and Yeah, birth control. <laughs> and then after that, you just get the influenza every year until you're 18. Wow. How big is a microgram? <laughs> the mini me. <laughs> Are guys in the future just going to walk around constantly hard? Go get gadget turn. boner. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's what I'm looking for. If they can do that, then I will stop my line of questioning. I can do that. Good idea. Tom, yeah. I'd, and, but here's the thing. Nowadays, everybody, everybody that has an opinion is becoming a somebody. And it's people that are, you know, well articulated that have done good research that are becoming the people breaking and deconstructing news. Yeah. I mean, the same type of thing. You're, you know, like when there's a Vegas shooting, well, where's the real news coming from? Is it from what CNN is showing it? Or is it from deconstruction by people that are pulling videos and YouTube things and one person sees it and they put it together? And the next thing you know, you've got something where you're going, wow. Well, this is a look at this piece of research that was done. And that's just some guy. But no, it's not just some guy because he's got 10 million views on YouTube. You know, now he's yep. bigger than Anderson Cooper. Yep. But you're still told Anderson Cooper is the big guy. But that's the guy you want to have on the show. Well, Cooper, Scooper. Cooper gets the loans to continue building $20 million studio sets where the other guy doesn't. We slapped the igloo together for like six grand. <laughs> I have a poor understanding of flat earth dynamics. It's not flat. Concave? It just, I don't know. I don't know what shape, but I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't, but I know, it, I don't want to get to this right now. You can't <laughs> prove it either way. You can't prove it's flat. You can't prove it, prove it's a globe. So that's where you're at. Go ahead. You looked up who? I looked up, uh, what's the guy do? Dubay or Dubay? Eric, Eric Dubay. Eric Dubay. Yeah, he's probably not a good one. He's like the Alex Jones of Flat Earth. We have a telescope and we looked at the moon. So Flat Earth says the moon is 3,000 miles away, right? That's no, what, it, that's what that's, that's what, what I was the Bible today. says. I was, that's okay. the Bible. Well, that's, it's hard to say with, with flat Earth. Yeah. You look it up, and it's everybody's just taking pot shots of whatever they think it might be. So anyway, my I, point is, if I'm standing yeah. on the coast of Vancouver, I should be able to align my telescope on Denali, Mount McKinley in Alaska, and see it right because it's twenty thousand feet higher than I am standing at the edge of the water. 
if you were all lined up and it was at 3,000, well, no. So I should no, be able to 3, point miles, my mile. miles, not feet. 3,000 miles, right. That's oh, right. Yeah, 3,000 miles. So the they say that the moon and, and the sun are 30, 40, oh, it was, 40 it's times. on one of those things, link back over there. But anyway, they're saying that those in the flat earth model, the sun and the moon are the same size and they're mm -hmm. only about 3,000 miles away from us. Yep. from the surface of the earth that is said okay so if that's the case and i can see the, in the moon is very visible with my telescope when i look at it so is this one so then i should be able to stand and look three thousand miles away and see denali right i should be able to see yeah. that far away three thousand miles if it's flat if you have a clear view and a strong enough telescope yes but I would say that the atmosphere, unless you're up high enough, the atmosphere would block it. Yeah, I noticed that on land. You know, we've got 10-mile, 15-mile visibility. You know, they rate it in for, for nautical right, use. Right. I mean... But but I, you're right. I, I, think, I believe you're right. If you had a telescope strong enough, you could see across the United States. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I think the curve makes it. Why does the ship go away when it? I think there'd be too many. When it sails away, it doesn't just get I, smaller. Yes, it does. It's all perspective, and it's all trick of the eye, and I can prove it to you. It's all okay. If you can prove that to me, that'd be great. I can, and it comes down to the angular resolution of the eyeball, which is 0.2 degrees. You human eyeballs cannot resolve light under that angle, and at that distance, the if you want to think of it in pixels, right, your resolution of your eyes isn't high enough to render the pixel for how far away that thing is. Okay, so then if I had a telescope, then I could continue watching it for exactly. quite a you bit can. further. Exactly. And I've, I've done this with my camera. You can watch things. You could pull things that have supposedly gone over the horizon. You can pull them back into focus because they haven't. They're just, they're hidden by light. The light can't make that image in your eye. Hmm. And I and I just have a hard time with with both the reason this is so interesting and I'm not trying to, you know, go against you or diss that, but there's nothing to go against cuz I'm not either way, so. Right, go. exactly. That's what you hear on a lot of the podcasts is like, hmm. you know, well it only makes sense like this and those things just don't make sense because it's all trickery. And there's no way to you can't argue that. Like if someone just says that I believe it's this and there's no way that you can tell me otherwise, even though I was a hardcore believer on the other side before this. Right. There's no way. There's no talking to those people. What if it's a holodeck with an AI? It probably is. Well, if we're on a microchip, I could then believe that it's flat. The, the best part of waking up is the terror in your nuts. <laughs> Science! Science! You better know this, you fucker. Double your pleasure for 400 for movies. Grimerica. And the Disney's, in Disney's The Little Mermaid, what is the name of the human that Ariel falls in love with? Fuck. <laughs> That's the most bullshit trivia contest. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Handpicked fucking obscure facts. <laughs> okay, we got one steal left, Dan. Hey. I think, don't we? Yep. Okay. Here's a mistake. It's on you.
games we want to do? You want to do sports again? <laughs> Screw it. Yeah, sure. Let's just let's keep rolling. Sports for five hundred. Yes. Sports for five hundred. Here we go. Get on your sports caps. We and might steal blah, this. Blah. We're gonna steal this probably. Blah blah blah. blah Listen blah. to that confidence. We're gonna steal this probably. We are. We, we got are. this, James. Yeah. <laughs> Sports for 500 cruising with steak. This is your opportunity. Do not miss out on it. Who was the last professional hockey player to play without a helmet? I repeat. Holy crap. They're totally going to steal it. Who was? It's like made. Let's call them. a friend. We're going to call fail. We're going to steal and call failed. Yes. <laughs> All right. Again. Oh, we get, can we? We're gonna fail at this. This is a good one for failed. Uh, we got a steal. For, can you phone, can you use a lifeline on a steal? Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, but for, uh, for time's I'm gonna, sake, I'm make gonna it make happen. a guess. Okay, a okay, guess. yeah. Gordy Howe. Oh. Oh. No, that's not it. Not even close. Oh, Sorry, close, guys. close. That's a good try. Nice, nice try, James. Sorry, guys. We're gonna steal. So no steal. Yeah, we're we're gonna steal. Yeah, we're stealing. Yeah, we're stealing, and we're going with failed. We're gonna phone a friend. Failed. Get ready. I All hope right. he's fucking in here. I hope he's re- ready. Once again, him. let me repeat the question for the uh, listening and, and the viewing audience out there: Who was the last professional oh, hockey player to play without a helmet? Audio redacted. Right to voicemail. His phone is uploading. Updated. His phone is updating. That's what he just said? Oh, man. He did the iPhone update. And then he texted in Craig McTavish. So we'll go with <laughs> Craig McTavish. Is that your final answer? Is this a steal? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's I a forget. steal and it's a this phone a friend. This is it. Yeah. That's your final steal. Yeah. You got it. Thanks, <laughs> From the mouth of Failed. You got it with the phone a friend. Uh, I had a factoid here for you. Give me a second to pull it up. You guys probably well, know about I, it. So again, the answer is wait, Did I broadcast someone's number to the world? No, no, no. I don't think so. Did you? Most of it. Oh. Yeah, not at all. Oh, because it said as it was saying his voice now. Craig McTavish, guys. <laughs> Let me do my factoid. Sorry, Craig okay. McTavish is a Canadian, <laughs> Canadian professional ice hockey executive and former player. That's my factoid. <laughs> Pretty generic. All right. Just so, wait for all well, the YouTube trolls Well, I want to say factoid. They used to fucking play with their flowing hair, skating through the the cold wind. Word up. It feels good. Sound like you're getting turned on, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> the cold wind. He's the mullet. It. That's why you. That's it's why. The same as the guys who ride mullets. It's same as the guys who ride motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feels yeah, it is. Just yeah, better. It feels good. Yeah. Science for 400. At what temperature are Celsius and Fahrenheit equal? Is it our, is it our turn? Mm-hmm. I think I know this, but I'm not sure. Minus 276. You know that? Or? Is that your final answer? Yes. I thought it was, yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't even give me a fucking chance. You just—you're not even close. Are, are you guys stealing? Are you guys stealing that? Well, hey, they're, they're, aren't they equal at minus two hundred seventy-six too? 
as well? No. That's like around so. minus 40. Yeah, minus 42, I think it is. Guys, they could still see, they could still steal. Okay, you guys want to steal? <laughs> better steal, guys. <laughs> yeah, better steal. Sure. Minus 42? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Was it a steal? Yeah, we'll call it a steal. Call it a steal. Minus 42 degrees. <laughs> are you, are you, are you got you to gotta really think this one through. Hey, do you know the formula? Do you know the formula for converting? I can't remember. No, no I'm going to say like uh, zero. How about zero? <laughs> Is this a legitimate steal? 27 degrees. Is this a legitimate steal? Don't steal. 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 You got to be confident on this deal. All right, guys, for you, uh, all you, uh, all you science freaks out there, <laughs> Celsius and Fahrenheit are equal at negative 40 degrees. Oh, 40. Okay, I have a Nessie tattoo on my back. Plot twist. Felatio. In, in a sense, she let slip. Titillating details about her clients. Ooh. It ended in fellatio. What's that noise? A bear? Fuck me. Get your learn on. Titillate, titillate, titillate. They connected two ends of a cat and they spoke through it or something like that or... Uh... Okay, go ahead. Dinosaurs, man. So many of Hollywood actresses are male. Ooh. I'm unfamiliar with this one. That's the case. <laughs> you really hope that's not the case. Or you got some fucking talking to the shrink to do. You need I'm some shower time back. But you could elaborate that question because most actresses do have names that aren't their real names. And it always seems like <laughs> somewhere in the last name there's some sort of male name. Like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yeah, hey, but MP. so you think yeah, Scarlett Johansson that, has a dick? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Okay, the next one. How about in 1812 when we fucking kicked your ass? Was that a benefit to the elite? Benefit to the Indians? <clears throat> the NWO drop. is directly related to the UN. What? The yes. war 1812 is when Canada beat I moved on from I'm talking to Michael there. Grab. Okay, you want to talk about the war of 1812. <laughs> See, now I grew up and in I heard it a different way. No, I heard it a different way. That they were trying to impose the central bank on the United States again. Ooh. And Canada was told that you can have your freedom if you help us overthrow this government so Fuck that yeah. the bank can come in. And so we're Canada in. helped we're the in. Brits. Yeah, we're in with whoever. And that's Whoever's right. winning. So we're it's in. not that Canada won against the U.S. at that point. It's the, the bank. You know what the best, best part of that is? 
I forget the the guy's name. It began with a T, but he was an Indian chief, and they didn't have enough people, so they all kept like circling back around. You racist Jeez. son of a bitch. Okay. All right, the next one. Oh, this is oh, this is kind of gross. Top elites are cannibals. Sure, why not? You know, sex magic. You betcha. Number five for this one. No, really. Where do you draw the line on cannibalism, though? I mean, usually I won't eat the genitals. I don't like to eat ass cheeks. What about hair? What if it was the enzymes from? Well, I like to use the hair for (laughs) insulation. It's like to blood? make to make white bread, <laughs> white processed bread. They need. They used to use. I'm gonna go with uh, three. No, but that's a good question. Do we include blood in here? Are you drinking the blood or injecting it? If you're eating, no, it, either, 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 either one. And yeah, you include blood. Can we get if a you're injecting it, then it's not cannibalism. If you're drinking it, it is. Agreed. All right, then I'm going to have to go with five on that one. Yeah, but you're supposed to get, like, your... That's the opposite from vaccines, because you're supposed to get the the cold or whatever through your nose. You're not supposed to have it injected into your arm. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, that's the thing. So that's supposed to have, that. I would argue you're not supposed to have anything injected into your arm. So it's like the your opposite. Arm, you're a heroin. cannibal unless you get it injected <laughs> into you. I don't know. That's a tough one. And you're, no, it's you're eating people. The top elite. You're a cannibal if you're eating people. I don't fucking know a top elite. So are you a cannibal if you get a blood transfusion? Okay, Michael, do you have you heard about the rumors about them taking um, young blood? I'm trying to help you win. <laughs> the young blood, right? It does magical benefits of the young blood. <laughs> yep. And even gathering the umbilical. I'm creeped out sitting on yeah. his seat. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the young blood. The young blood. <laughs> False flag events are real. Oh, Five. Let's see. King David. Five. USS Liberty. Golf of Tonkin. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> This goes on. <laughs> it's still going uh, on. Too. Those are just the proven ones. Sandy Hook. Ooh. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. 50 years from now, maybe everything we've experienced in our lifetime will be proven as well. 9-11. Well, that's another 25. That's another uh, full full score. After this is over, we'll go over like the top scores and the lowest scores. James's mom's a false flag. All right, number twenty-six. Oh, shots fired! Oh, this is another good wonderful one lady. I haven't even read these yet. <laughs> so, the school system is an indoctrination tool of the elites. Five. 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 I owned a school system. I'd fuck with it for sure. <laughs> I do own a school system. A I'm fucking with That's it. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. This My is a touchy subject. <laughs> number Adonis number twenty-seven. you like in the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> worship me for a couple hours every morning. <laughs> so number twenty-seven. Chan- transgenderism stems from 
opposite sex DNA found in vaccines. Oh, Ooh, I've I never heard, heard that, that before. What? <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm going to go with three. What? <clears throat> three for Darren. It does Which seem vaccines? to see a relatively new phenomenon. I, yeah, I'll, I'm going to go with a three on that too, I think. I've never heard that before. But I've never heard that before, but it's I haven't sense. either. Interesting. Yeah, I'll give it, it a three. I'll give like it, a it could th- be legit. <laughs> I'll go with a three for now because I have. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I'm going to the four. Ooh, oh, that's well, dark. That's, if yeah, that's yeah. the case, that's really that's how dark. You win though. You just Final believe way darker than According that, to but... gravity, do we win by just believing things? So, <laughs> <laughs> way to go, fail. I'm gonna go for a two. I've never heard that before, but it's a fucking four. <laughs> it sounds like it could be legit. I'm all in. It's really tight. It's really tight. I did the dig on on Pizzagate, and I think the Pizzagate story is mostly bullshit, to be honest. But if anything, that was one of those convenient disinformation narratives that gets fed out there to just muddy the waters so that now whenever people start talking about child trafficking they go oh you mean pizzagate that's bullshit well i mean what blows me away is that like you can see in passing and the one i seen today was on a couple of it was in on the la times page that you know 500 people get fucking arrested for sex from a fucking human trafficking yeah. sex ring. Oh, not yeah. prostitution, oh, yeah, but yeah, human yeah. trafficking. And, and they and, rescue and, and 60 so. people, and it's like, how is that not... It seems like when I was a kid, that would be wall-to-wall fucking coverage yeah. on every news network for a fucking yeah. week. Yeah, that's insane. And it's like, who was doing this, and who was paying for it? And, uh, and you know, it's who just, just nothing. But it and seems like that's quietly been happening for quite a while in the States now, yeah. for a year. Yeah, like, yeah, boom, no, and, boom, and, and so 500, we can, we can, 200. Yeah, I mean, like the one, my favorite one was, uh, I mean, favorite, but yeah. but the day after the Clinton Foundation pulls out of Haiti, they they do uh, a bust of a child trafficking ring, <laughs> like the day after, you know. Um, no, but that's you know that that's you see that stuff go on, and that's the thing that makes me wonder about how deep this deep state war really is yeah. and what it's really about yeah. whether it is just the philosophical argument between neoliberals and, and conservative nationalists that say look we don't want to remake the world we just want to be america and uh we don't want to sell the military out in that way we just want to be american we want to have american identity um or whether it's this deeper kind of how dare you motherfuckers do this well, there's a because deep- like well, have you? Do you know about all of the sealed indictments that are out yeah, there? Yeah, there's right like now? ten thousand of them now, or something. Yeah, the last like, time I like went and checked it out, it was 000. over ten thousand. The last number I heard was thirteen thousand. Yeah, and, oh fuck. And I've heard some a lot of rumbling saying, "Oh, that's normal," but everything I could find seems, seems to say that's normal. There's normally about a thousand sealed indictments in a year. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Hey, Google, what's the average number of sealed indictments each year in the USA? <clears throat> Sorry, I'm not sure how to help. You are so fucking useless. <laughs> oh, it's fucking crazy, man. It's fucking, you could not fucking write a better spy novel. You know, it's like the the election comes to an end and you think all the fucking ride is over. And then it's just like, it's you could not make this stuff up. <laughs>
You really couldn't. Oh, oh, I know. It's the greatest story on earth. I, uh, I, I can't like read any fiction. Oh, I know. Like, like, <laughs> like even, <laughs> even ruined your fiction. Grimstake and these guys are like, man, you just fuck get over it. It's a LARP or whatever. I was like, even if it is a LARP, I just it's the greatest LARP of all time. If this is a LARP, <laughs> right. this is going to go down as the greatest LARP in the fucking history <laughs> of the internet. Because everything is fortunes are right being now. made and yeah. broken on this LARP. Like there's entire YouTube channels that have gathered hundreds of thousands of followers, just breaking down these fucking QAnon posts. Do you have a favorite episode, Mom? Uh, you know what? I have a few of them, but if you're gonna ask me which ones, I I can't. I uh. You did one not that long ago on um, vaccines, a little while ago. Yeah, it was always fun. Yeah, I like that one. And then uh, I like the one I think, I don't think it was, I think it was just released for subscribers where you guys were basically doing a chit chat the whole time. You weren't interviewing anybody. You were talking to two other guys that were doing a podcast. Oh, yeah, it's probably you know tinfoil hat one, probably, or yeah. tinfoil hat guys, yeah. maybe. Yeah. 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 yeah, cool. What's your favorite subject? Paranormal. Oh, nice. <laughs> what about you, Mom? Any favorite, ep- any apps that stand out? No, I, I can't, right off the bat. Gee, I should have made notes. Um, no, about, I can't. What about favorite topics? Well, I, I like I like a lot of topics. I'm I'm not into the UFOs as much. You know that uh, type of Sasquatch and that. I'm not into that so much. But anything else, I'm into. I, you know, I like uh, learning all different things and okay. hearing hearing about a lot of uh, about what a lot of people have to say. Yeah. What a what Brown makes up for the UFO. Speaking of, Sas- <laughs> speaking, speaking of Sasquatch, the listeners are going to want to know this from both you guys. If you Do you think Sasquatch should be shot and killed if he's found, Mum? Or should he be let go and saved? Wait, wait. You would only kill one, <laughs> one time to prove he exists. You're not out killing every Sasquatch all the time. You kill one Sasquatch. To prove it exists. That's a good point. Or is it worth, like, is that death worth the, the proof that Sasquatch exists? <laughs> I'm not wading into that one, are you, Delina? <laughs> well, <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing, actually. <laughs> no comment on the Sasquatch. Yeah, don't. Well, yeah. what, what what was it weird for you when I was getting into UFOs and stuff in the early nineties? Like, what did you think when I came back from Europe and I had that UFO saying? Oh, did you think? Yeah. No, I believe anything is possible, but but I am, um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's not there, but I'm um, but I'm I'm not that interested in it because <laughs> somehow I feel it, it, why haven't they? I don't know. I I just. Um, was Graham super sh- excited when he came home from Israel? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was just telling everyone about his UFO, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> he still recalls it pretty good. Did I, did I didn't do anything paranormal when I was a kid, I don't think, eh? Well. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think back when we lived in southern Ontario. You always talked about a man being coming out of the cornfield. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> and I'm trying to think how old you were, but you had a fenced-in area at the back of the house that you had to play in because of the cornfields. We were surrounded by cornfields, and you always came and said, Mom, that man's there again. I say, There is no man out there. And I even went out and you, with you, and you said to me, There he is. He's walking to the barn. I walked to the barn with you. I could not see a man, but you insisted he was there. We got to the barn, and he was gone. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. I think we need to when, get when was that hypnosis. You were probably four? That was before or after Grandpa died? Grandpa died. Uh, it would have been after. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. But How you long? probably yeah, would have recognized him as Grandpa, no? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember, so... No, no, because Grandpa died in 1984, and you were born in 81. Yeah. Huh. That could have been right after Grandpa died. Wasn't a scarecrow in the cornfield? Nope, nope. Hmm. That's it. We should have been a neighbor walking through the cornfield? Yeah, but the weird part was, is he said he was there, and I couldn't see him. Oh, I see. Right? Oh, great. How old would he have been? I'm saying probably four. You know, this is amazing. I've got a story about Graham. Oh, okay. (laughs) We were in the car and he was sitting in the car and I stopped to pick up a friend and a friend jumped in the car and Graham said, be careful of my friend. He had an invisible friend beside him. (laughs) Same guy. Same guy. Same, Same guy. (laughs) <laughs> how about you mom have you ever had a paranormal experience of your own or a ufo sighting or anything like that uh ghosts or i would say i've had paranormal i don't recall ufo but paranormal for sure probably more than one care to share uh, i'm trying to think of which one i want to share <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's times when, uh, I would be alone in the house and I would be in bed and I'd feel like somebody was there or I'd feel movement in the, like in the room on the bed, you know, like things like that. Um, or times when I'd be, be, uh you know, walking and feel like somebody, you know, like touched your shoulder or things like that. I've had that happen to me lots, but. That counts. 
Does it wow. count? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mom? Yeah, I've had a few paranormal things, I guess. Um, um, one time I was in Mexico, and uh, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and, and saw a man walking through, but it, it walking through to the bathroom, but there was no one there. But I saw, I saw someone walking through. When I got up, there was no one there. Also, um, when your dad died and uh, I was cleaning up, I found two pennies in tons of places. Two, two pennies all over the place. That, um, on his desk, in, in, on a shelf in the bathroom, in the motorhome, in a, a cupboard in the motorhome. I found about five or six places with two pennies. Always two pennies. And was that significant from before? Not that I, not that I'm aware of. Although you know that expression, and you know, don't give me your two cents worth, or you know, there's an expression like oh, that, two right? Two cents worth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't give me your two cents worth, you know. So it's almost like he was giving us his two cents <laughs> worth. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, that any was pennies? really weird. Huh? Do you remember any pennies, Grant? No. From from then? No, yeah, not be, really. No. I remember her mom telling me about that. If you had some too. and Yeah, but no, not for myself, no. Nowadays, it's hard to find a penny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I remember too, though, when I worked cleaning at the school. You remember when I did that? Not really. Uh, oh, In you London? were already out here. No. 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 Um, I used to hear kids laughing. And there was a teacher who would not work in the school by herself for that very reason. Wow. She would only come in when I was cleaning at night. That's wow. spooky. Yeah. Did you ever hear them? Yeah. Yeah. I used to hear them all the time. I hated being there by myself. Did you ever go look for them? <laughs> nope. Are you kidding me? No. I remember Trevi's job used to, my buddy Trevi, his job used to be to go to the old abandoned mine in the town, like... A couple kilometers away from where we lived, away from the main mine, it was like abandoned. So you go there, there's fucking nobody else in this place. <laughs> and he's supposed to go patrol the place. And he's like, so the one night he's like, come on, man, just come with me. Come on. Because he's on like this night shift and I'm just at home. He's like, come on, please, man, please. And I'm just like, okay, fine. Come pick me up. So I go with him and you pull up to this old like abandoned mine building, like a huge mill, like a huge building. And uh, I'm like, he's like, well, come on. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, we got to go in there. I'm like, fuck that, man. Just tell them you went in there. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, they put these swipe things in the far corner of every single oh. building. So you have to go in there and scan it. Otherwise, they know that you didn't oh go in God. there. So I was like, we had to walk into these things. And I was like. I mean, we were together. It's, it's freaky, well, yeah. I couldn't even fucking imagine going in there by yourself. Really? Night after night after night. It had to be... Eat the, I, bet you, I bet you hundreds of people got killed in that mine. Oh. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So did anything happen? Did you see anything? You know, we should, I, should, I should reach out to him. No, no, we didn't see nothing. Yeah. I think I only went in like two, and I was like, I'm staying in the truck. <laughs> wow laughing kids i'd just be like i'm fucking out of here yeah yeah i quit do you remember mom when i had that ghost experience with my friends in high school 
No, I don't. What was that? I can't remember. Uh, we saw. We took pictures of a ghost in Sue Stewart's. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was more exciting for him, the UFO or the ghost? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the UFO. You're still yeah. excited about the UFO. Yeah. So the next question: <laughs> Did either of you leave little notes in uh, lunch boxes for Darren or Graham? <laughs> <laughs> I did leave little notes in Darren's lunch box. Perhaps not the kind that most mothers would leave. It would be like, "Don't get yourself suspended today." You know, don't get expelled from school. Watch how you talk to your teachers. <laughs> Was he a little shit disturber? <laughs> yeah. I. You ask him. You ask him. I. He has every suspension letter <laughs> that he ever got because I kept them. Do I them still for have them someplace? Uh, you had them. Remember? Yeah. I brought them here and you went, wow. There's a lot of these. Fuck, we should make a segment. We can put it in the museum. Yeah, we all read them. (laughs) That'd be fun. I could. I probably shouldn't tell you this story, but I'm going to because when he was in high school, I got a phone call from him saying, "Mom, I'm at the chicken chef. I got suspended. The restaurant. Okay. Why did you get suspended? We're swearing at the vice principal. (laughs) All right. So you're gonna get a call." Vice principal calls me. The vice principal was, well, to, to be honest, he did not treat Darren fairly. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> he phones me, starts on me. I said, I know he's suspended. I already heard about it. So he starts tearing into me about, you know, how terrible my son is. So I basically, excuse the F-bomb, said, fuck you. He said, now I know where he gets it from. And I hung up. <laughs> That was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was very social in school and very opinionated. So, well, What was the yeah. question again? It was notes and lunch. Oh, yeah. And the second part of the question actually was, 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 do you remember any of them? So mom answered it with those. Yeah. What about you, mom? So I'm going to be really boring. I guess I was a boring mother. I don't believe I ever wrote you a note in your lunchbox. Do you remember, Graham? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think I ever wrote you a note in your lunch. Now I feel like I failed as a mother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't have to warn me for not getting suspended. No, that's right. All I gave was warnings. (laughs) That's what Graham's been searching for in these podcasts. It's just a note from mom in his lunchbox. (laughs) Uh, oh, here's a good one. Who did Darren and Graham idolize when they were younger? <laughs> you can go first, Ma. Wow, who did you idolize? Um, Nirvana. Like, Kurt Cobain? Yeah, that's what I meant. Kurt Cobain. You totally idolized Kurt Cobain. And the goalie from... Kirk McLean. Kirk McLean from uh, the Canucks. Canucks. You probably he actually Kirk McLean a little bit too. He mm. actually got to meet him. Yeah. Get his picture taken with him. Yeah. And I got to watch Timo Solani walk around in his boxers and didn't even know it was him. Remember uh, that? That was his rookie season. 
Timmy Slimes rookie season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the rookie season with Nedved and yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Yager and not Yager. and yeah, and the Detroit guy. Uh, what's no his name? Me. What's his not name? Uh, I'm pretty sure they were all in the same year back then. All playing for Winnipeg. No, they all came was, in the rookie year the same. There was like four or five yeah, guys. Yeah, and that one could of the, be the case. And one of the Detroit guys too, yeah. Yeah, I shocked it. He t- stood outside the dressing room and talked to me while Darren was in there getting autographs. And he, Darren came out and this guy, you know, gave him a hat and everything. And Darren's like, do you know who that was? I'm like, nope. Oh, yeah, he was thrilled. It was, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I was a Vancouver fan with McLean for sure back Flurry. then. I mean, what? Flurry too? No. Yeah, Flurry always. Yeah, yeah. And Cliff Ronning. Ooh, well, let's hear it from your mom. Yeah, mom. Who was I? Uh, who was I idolizing? I don't. I would say Pink Floyd. They yeah. were no, yeah. or or yeah. one of the one of the women. I don't know whether that was that. Uh, <laughs> Heather Thomas or not? <laughs> you you were into women quite a lot. <laughs> well, some things never change. But on the other end, I became the stoner, and you became the jock. <laughs> yeah, Pink Floyd was uh, huge for me back then. Yeah. Yep. And Faulty Towers. Uh, what do we got here? Here's a two-parter. Best white lie you ever told your son, followed by <laughs> best gift you ever got from your son. Oh, dear. The best, the best white lie. Oh, we're both talking. You go ahead. Okay. I'll tell you a little story with that one. Perfect. <laughs> the best... <laughs> When Graham was about, well, he must have been about six or seven. He comes walking down the stairs, and I'm in the living room, and he comes walking down the stairs, and he stops halfway down and puts his hands on his shoulders and says to me, Mom, is there such a thing as Santa Claus? Or or he didn't quite put it that way. There's no such thing as Santa Claus, is there? So I couldn't tell a lie, and he just took me by surprise. And and I was, uh, um, um, no, Graham, you're right, there isn't. Puts his hands back on his hips and says, I suppose you lied about the Easter Bunny, too, eh? <laughs> <laughs> like, six or seven, and he, he, he just, like... <laughs> I knew she was going to tell that story. <laughs> it was Do you remember so that? Uh, I don't know if I remember the memory because, you know, the story has been told over the years, but yeah. It's just how quick he was to come back with that, pretty, you know? That was pretty I quick. I suppose you lied about the then. Easter Bunny. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. So what about the your favorite gift from me, Darren? Is it supposed to be from yeah. you to her? Yeah. That's a tough one. Maybe we'll come oh, back to that. It's probably tougher for no. you. For you to give to me, Greg? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, those bowls you made. Those bowls you made in plastics. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I told you. Huh. Those red ones. Yeah, yeah. 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 Are they like uh, pottery? Just like flower, pla- the plastics in plastics class. Oh, cool. We had a plastics class. Nice. Yeah, I was kind of into plastics. 
Now you're anti-plastic. Yeah. Like, yeah. What about you, Mom? Do you remember the questions? Yeah, the first one was uh, the white lie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well. Are you going to tell You can tell that one if you want. Yeah, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know which one I'm going to tell? Yeah, I think, I think so. <laughs> so, I was uh, basically... Telling Darren, because, I mean, you know, he smoked marijuana for as long as I can, like, since he was a teenager. And I was basically saying, telling him, it was right, you know, don't do this, da-da-da-da-da. And then he turned around and said, so, you ever smoke marijuana? I'm like, no, no. He knew I was lying, but that's. <laughs> I thought you were gonna do the one where you told me that orphan that school was an oh, orphanage. Oh, that one. Yeah, my son Darren told me one my time <laughs> he hated me. So I'm so mean. This I shouldn't tell this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be good. So he hated me, he didn't want to live with me, and I was a single mom. So this was like in the evening, right? So we were living in London, Ontario, so I said, that's fine. I picked him up, took him in the car, <laughs> told him I was dropping him off at an orphanage, <laughs> and he could find a different family to live with that he loved. And, you know, He screamed the whole time. We pulled into this parking lot. We went to get out of the car, and he's like, no, I love you, Mommy. I love you. I really love you. I love you. It took it. So I said, okay, we'll go home, you know, but. You don't tell me you hate me. You don't want to live with me. That's, he never told me that again. <laughs> when he was older, I told him it was actually a school that I took him to, not an orphanage. I was not actually going to drop him off, but it worked. <laughs> I wasn't sure. We should regre- <laughs> oh. we should regress you and see what's going on with oh, the yeah. man in the cornfields and the orphanage yeah. and see if you got any fears, <laughs> and fears around those. It's funny because I was like, Madison said that she she hated us or something like that, and I was like, "Well, we'll do this." Mom did it to me, and Lisa's just like looking at me like fucking horrified. She's like, "Jesus Christ, we're not doing that." <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Explains a lot. Yeah. Um, oh, and then Darren's gift, a gift to you. Well, that's that's my grandkids. Yeah, my granddaughters, no yeah. doubt about it, yeah. hands down. Yeah. Graham and I aren't solving it. Well, Graham might solve the sea seti mystery, actually. I shouldn't say that. Okay. Um, there we go. <laughs> we had the new moon, dark sky, which is great. <laughs> had a plan, camping, pitched a tent, went back there for the night. Oh, you shut her off. It died. Good part. Oh, here. It, it, was, it was too dead to fucking <laughs> to get through the whole jingle. Good, thank God. Wow. That's it's an shame. embarrassing jingle. They fucking make fun of me quite a bit, but I don't really care, so whatever. I don't make fun of you. Failed makes fun of you. <laughs> Joe Rogan can say something on his podcast, and it becomes part of the lexicon of, you know, how we speak. You know, make no doubts about Savage was a Joe Rogan. I remember when he started saying it, and then it was fucking everywhere, you know? And it just, not they invented the word, obviously, but, you know, the way calling everybody a fucking savage in a good sense that they keep the lie ass. That was, I remember Joe Rogan came and he's just like, I mean, we can say whatever we want about flat earth. Some people are into it. Some people are not, whatever you are. It's not my personal thing, but you know, 
one of my good friends is kind of the face of it right now. But, you know, Rogan is a big part of that flat earth in terms of him and Eddie Bravo's discussion. Like, it's gotten a lot of traction because of their discussions on it. And that's all from a fucking podcast, you know? Yeah. Black pussy. People, you know, it's like, so there's always going to be people who are going to yell and scream, like, because they don't agree with it. You know, some of the fact or some of the points we're putting out. And we tell people, it's like, fine, you don't believe it, don't believe it. Do your own research and come up with your own, uh, you know, theories on it. You know, Trish basically said that she felt like they didn't fly planes into the building, that they were actually missiles and it was holograms. Now, I'd never heard that before, or I'd heard it before and thought it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not necessarily my thing. It's like, I'm not going to just put on people I agree with on the show. I'm going to put on people who are going to, you know, Ryan and I are going to put on people that, you know, might say some stuff that I'm not 100% into. But I, I give them the right to say it, and I'm not going to get in a screaming match about them because people do that with me that I 100% believe in, like Pedogate and all that shit. And, like, people scream and shout, and, like, you know, and it's just like, okay, this is a form in which some crazy shit can be said. If you can throw me some facts behind it, let the listeners do some research, and they find out it's not true, then we're all good. They find out it is true, that's good, too. I, you know, I've learned so much on this on this journey that Ryan and I have gone on that, you know, it's like I'm really just open-minded to everything. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of conspiracy, pet, a, a lot of, like, pedogate stuff and, you know, like, uh, um, deep state. Along the, yeah. So I, I think we're ready to take a little step into more of the paranormal and all that stuff too. Hey, that's I don't want to stay stuck on the one thing, you know, I want to yeah. mix it up and I'm not really a Bigfoot guy, but I'll hear about it. You know, that's kind of how my opinion is, you know? So I, yeah, that's, um, I think that's the best way to do it. That's kind of what we decided out of the gate is we kind of left it. We left it at often on the fringe so we could kind of get away with whatever the fuck we wanted sometimes. Cause a lot of times we just want to, I'll just see someone or hear someone or, you know, see a tweet from someone. And it's like, Hey, this guy is fucking cool. That's how we bumped in and, and ended up having Superman on the show. And fucking, it turns out to be one of the best episodes we've had. We're actually having him on again here in a couple of weeks. And that Who's guy's Superman. Superman, he's a native hip hop rapper. He's episode one thirty seven, I think. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I'd be worth. This guy's got a couple. He's helping a bunch of the a couple amazing songs. Yeah, like as well. I'll like send you a couple links. He's got some really good songs, and a couple of oh, them got that's great. got shared by Snoop Dogg and shit like this. And this is a guy that doesn't drink any alcohol, doesn't do any drugs, and is you know going around from reserve to reserve, helping people. Helping yeah. people. He's giving people his phone number to text him if they're having suicide problems, and a real life fucking Superman, really. I mean, it's weird how he kind of grew into the role of his persona, and now that guy is literally, you know, saving lives. Dude, I think that's great. Uh, you know. I'm uh once I shoot my special, I'm kind of taking a little break from stand up, and I'm focusing on my health, my 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 uh, sobriety. I'm getting back into really focusing on that, and just trying to do a lot of you know. I enjoy helping people. You know, sometimes when you know my career isn't where I want to be, in a sense of like like my friends are all the Mount Rushmore of comedy, you know, and so that sometimes gets to me. And I, the only thing that kind of gets me gets me out of that is helping others and, and it sounds cheesy as shit but it really is it's like okay 
you can't control anything. You can't control the opportunities that are given to you. And a lot of it is just opportunities, you know, and this show and your show and other shows of podcasting are about making opportunities for yourself. But sometimes you, you don't, you're not allowed to have some of these opportunities, but you can help other people. And for me, that, that kind of takes me out of my head of what I don't have. And it makes me appreciate what I do have, you know, and I think that's very important. That's uh, those are fucking words to live by. I think is appreciating what you what you do have instead of focusing on what you don't. I'm actually in the middle of reading a book. I was I might have congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, bud. What I I believe is going on right now is a complete and utter manipulation from the top to get the left to fight with each other. Yep. And uh, because change, and I say this on everything I'm on, but change comes from the left. The left is constantly pushing the right to fucking stop doing the same bullshit it's done over and over and over again for years and allowing openness and love to everywhere. And the top hates that. They, the people at the top hate that. They love shit to stay the way it is so they can keep making all their money, keep all the shit for themselves, keep raping the earth, keep everybody sick, keep everybody angry. And the best way to stop the left from fucking controlling everything is fucking controlled opposition or getting everybody to fight with each other. Everything in, in the social justice warrior movement, everything goes against anything I've ever learned in recovery. And the biggest thing in recovery is everything going on in your life, whether it's good or bad is directly related to the decisions you have made. Well, and taking responsibility. 100%. And you, you see none of that people what they do is they plant seeds of doubt in the people and they give them excuses for why shit hasn't worked out their way yep. Yep. And, and it allows them to blame everybody but themselves. Like I started this new kind of comedy room in Los Angeles called the dojo, right? It's above this uh, really nice uh, bar restaurant and they've been nice enough to let me basically help book this place seven nights a week. Nice. And the whole point of this is that I've, I've, I'm working with the guy who works there. He's a good friend of mine named Trevor. And we're putting in people we really like to run this room uh, to create a place so that young comedians have a place to work. Because believe it or not, in Los Angeles, it is really hard to get up. And that sounds crazy until you realize for every one spot in town, there's probably 100 comedians. So now, you know, now there's like every club's got 10, 15 spots a night. That's 100 people per fucking each spot. There's so many comedians out here. So it's really hard. So I've created this room and I told people to come down and you'd be amazed how slow they have been to come to this room because they'd rather sit at the comedy store, which is my home. It's been my home for 19 years. They'd rather sit there, drink a beer and bitch about how hard it is than to actually participate in their success. And it's unbelievable because it's just because everything is just handed to them right now. I'm not pro bullying, dude, at all. But I will tell you, I am. I would never be where I am in comedy if I hadn't been fucking bullied, dude. And I'm not saying bullying's good, but to take the fucking baby bubble wrap, everybody, you're setting them up. And I think this is part of the game too, done by fucking pharmaceutical companies to get everybody to be such fucking babies that when they hit adulthood, they can't deal with it, yeah. and they got. They got to fucking take the drugs. And that's the, uh, I sound like your grandpa, take the drugs. But it's like, it, it is this, I, I, I believe it's that diabolical. 
But everything I learned in Social Justice Warrior is against everything I learned in recovery. And that's why I think it's just bad news, man. Yep. It's just bad news. Yeah, pushing the legal drugs and then and then fighting a fake war on, on illegal drugs. I mean, it's all just a farce. It's just a weird thing with Q because, like, he nails shit. He does nail shit. Have he you been following him pretty close in? Yeah, he nails a lot. But yeah, of I've shit. seen that too. That's why. That's why something like this will happen, and I'll be fucking sucked in for another couple weeks, and then I'll slowly start to lose interest again. He called. He uh, called out uh, Hillary's fire. He called out the train uh, crashes. He's called out a lot of shit that people don't realize, man. And you know, the problem is that there's all these things with like Hillary's still traveling the world, and that's what people want to go. That they're fucking, you know, they were bracing us for this video that was about to come out that hasn't come out yet. And, you know, it's just, that's the problem. I, I, I can't tell if there's just so much resistance out there that it's hard for them to do anything. But at the end of the day, man, you can say whatever you want about Q or you can even say whatever you want about Trump. Look at what this guy's done. And I'm not a Trump guy. I, I think if you put Santa Claus in the role of president, he'd be a fucking war criminal, dude, within two weeks. So, I mean, that's my <laughs> that's, opinion of Yeah, pretty much. Anybody as the president. So I don't care if you got an R or a D by your name. I don't trust you. But, I mean, look at what he's done, dude. He's destroyed mainstream media. He's destroying the FBI. He's And, dude, Facebook is going down, dude, except for your grandma or your mom that doesn't care. Outside of that, everybody's fleeing, dude. And that blows my fucking mind. FBI, CIA, all going nuts, dude. You know, mainstream media dying. Say whatever you want. Those are big problems, and he's fucking that shit up. To license it. Everybody hates the word tariff because it sounds like fucking terrorists and taxes had a baby, right? And it's a yeah, that's what the fucking libertarians do, too. And, and I'm a fucking registered libertarian for whatever reason. But because, well, I, I might get into politics one day. We'll see. But. I got a pretty shady past, so but probably not as shady as yours. So no, maybe you could come pretty, run against me. I've been me. robbed by the same hooker twice in one day. So I yeah. Yeah. So. Like, I get in fights all the time with anti-Semitism. It's like, you know, this guy that said the Rothschilds run the, the, run the weather. Is the Rothschilds run the weather. And then they're like, oh, he said Jews run the weather. No, he didn't. He said Rothschilds. And they're about as Jewish as I am, okay? They're, they're Luciferians, homeboy. And that's their game. They get you the bottoms to fight over who's up top. And that's always been a classic move of theirs. It's like if you don't like Netanyahu, you hate Israel. Not true at all. But that's like saying if you don't. Even Go if on, you sorry. said, even if you said Jews run the world or Jews run the bank, Whoa, or whatever, we're is not that saying be, that. Is that we're is not that saying considered that. anti-Semitism? I mean, just because you say that. Well, there are people going to say that to you. I personally believe that Luciferians run everything. I mean, House Assad, they own Citibank. The Rockefellers own Chase Bank. The Ro the, the the royal family own giant chunks of all centralized banks. I mean, the, then you got the black nobility of Italy. Who are like old school bankers from way back in the fucking day. So it's all and like the biggest one, the Peccinini family or whatever they're called, they fucking they're Muslims. I mean, so I just think it's just like Luciferians. They all just use these masks of 
Christianity and Hebrews yeah, and yeah, just to walk yeah. amongst us when they're all really dark hearts fucking motherfuckers. Yeah, no kidding. Have you seen that list of the banks that the Rothschilds own? It's fucking incredible how, how long it is and it spreads throughout the whole world. And dude, and then you look at the the, the people in uh, like the year two thousand that didn't have centralized banks, and how many of them Are were currently <laughs> bombing right now? Yeah, yeah. all of them, yeah. all of them. And Russia, yeah, I think the only one we're not bombing is Russia. And then but I we really, really, like, really, really want to bomb them. And then we're just think, we're gonna get it all figured out, and then we'll just get fucking smashed with a rock from space. <laughs> but I think we're due for one of those soon too. Oh. oh. Dude, it, honestly, man, right now, like, hey, Ryan, can you tell them about Eater? <laughs> it's rumored. So have you guys heard of Boston Dynamics, the robotics mm-hmm. firm? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've made a lot of stuff from little dog to big dog. They've made ones that can uh, sand flee, that can jump up like a two-story building. Uh, supposedly, they've created a robot now that's built for the battlefield that runs off organic material. Which sounds so it can eat people? scientific. Yeah. So technically, it could eat uh, dead organic material. Oh, perfect. So on a ba- and then just fucking so, fuel up and go. Yeah. So Boston Dynamics, along with Google, who basically is Skynet, is bringing us uh, carnivorous robotic uh, Holy weaponry in the future here. So. Oh, oh. Have you ever seen Anybody one of those from dogs Boston run? Boston Dynamic watches a show. I swear to God, if I see I'm going to punch in your fucking face. <laughs> No violence. I'm not punching your fucking Sam, face. No dog. violence. It's not their fault. Okay. It's the right, fucking system. Right, Ryan. Uh, pull back. <laughs> have, pull you back. Seen, have you seen those dogs run? It's fucking creepy. Yeah, they're, they're in the process of trying to basically make all the robots into one. The biggest one they have right now is, um, I believe it's Atlas. And Atlas is a humanoid. It has bipedal motion. And I love that in uh, the Boston Dynamics website, it shows only three stages. It's like a, come on, let's go. And then it shows its hands up Holy in victory. Fuck. So it's just like, we don't need a fighting robot that can run on all fours, the speed of a cheetah, and then <laughs> able to like leap up two story buildings. We're basically, I mean, we never thought the Terminators are going to be this fast. With, with infinite power, as long as it's eating people. Uh, yeah, I, I love Boston Dynamics. I always check up on their website, and it gives me like nightmares afterwards. There's a lot of the, check out all those secret labs, even like Los Alamos. What could and, possibly uh, go wrong with fucking robots that can eat corpses? That's even worse than the Matrix, or that's like a combination of the fucking Matrix, Terminator, and like every fucking bad zombie movie ever seen times a million. Or hey, except that, that one zombie movie seen- that Brad Pitt was in, where he went fucking. Those were crazy zombies. That's what these World fucking zombies are going to be like, except they're going to be able to jump 100 feet. Totally. Holy fuck, like Ryan. Jesus guys, Christ. Hey, guys. How was your weekend? Did you guys have a great weekend? So, uh, we Check got this motherfucker out. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to make a suggestion on this idea I had. I have an idea. I want to just hear me out and I, tell me if you guys like it or not. And we'll do the whole raise our hand who's in, who's out. Uh, I have an idea. Why doesn't Boston Dynamics, hear me out on this, make a robot that eats people? Okay, sign of hands. Who's in? Everybody's in? Perfect. Good idea. Lunch. Let's go, you know? (laughs) Do you think it's like that? Or do you think there's just like one evil genius and like everyone else is just making parts and they think they're making like a ice cream dispenser, but then instead of ice cream dispensers, they just put fucking raw napalm in it or some shit. 
Do you see the one where the, the robot's trying to open the door and it can't, so it does like a whistle, like, and then another robot comes in and opens the door for it? It's like, now they go, dude, get the fuck out of here. Fuck, Ryan, what else you got? Yeah, Ryan, tell us more creepy Yeah, regale shit. us. NASA. I mean, do you guys think there's anything to that? Yeah, I, I do. Want- I do. I do. I think that that's the next thing. I mean, who said it on his deathbed too, apparently? Was it Von Braun or was it that, you know, first it goes through the whole uh, terrorist thing and then the environmental disaster and there's always got to be this fucking big evil thing that's destroying the world, whether, you know, that we all have to fight over and all that. And then it's going to be... Uh, there's something after terrorism, the environment, and then and eventually it's going to be like ETs, right? The, the blue beam, false flag, you know, the invasion that'll actually, to me, it's like the deep state's last card. Disclosure and a fake invasion will bring us all together to increase the, the weaponry and all that shit against a common enemy. I mean, that, that could be the fucking play, I think. And that's why, I, that? and I fucking think that's why they're coming out with this stuff through that, that to the stars Academy. And again, like when now the Trump's in office, now all of a sudden the government's starting to admit that they've had, you know, a few million here and there and investigating UFOs all of a sudden, you know, oh, Hillary yeah. was, Hillary and Podesta were supposed to be the disclosure people. And then they didn't get in and now they're still pushing this little agenda. I don't know. It's hard to fucking believe. Isn't it crazy though when they're like, "Yeah, we got UFOs." Nobody cared. No, nobody cared. Everyone's like, "Look at my dog filter on Snapchat. I look like a dog." You're like, "We got UFOs." Now I'm a cat. Well, well, the the thing is, people did care. The normal people that 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 were always on the fence about it now all of a sudden have some belief. And all the people in the in the UFO, not all the people, but obviously there's a lot of skeptical people in the UFO community and like the in our types of shows that are very skeptical of it. Of course we are. And you know, Leslie Kane goes on these shows and she's like, Well, I don't know why people don't don't believe, you know. I mean, I went through all the evidence and she's a very, you know, reputable journalist and all that. Okay, fine, but pardon us that we don't trust the government and the mainstream media. I mean, for fuck's sakes. Yeah, that's the whole thing with the moons and all that. It's like nobody trusts NASA. Because, you know, they've been caught lying so many fucking times. Yeah, and that's exactly. the whole thing. They, <laughs> they try to make us think we're anti-science. We're not anti-science. I have no problem with science. I have problem with scientists. Scientists are like you and me. They fucking eat, take shits. They all want to get laid. They want to bang chicks way out of their fucking pay grade. You know, and they just, you know, and the best way to do that is get tons of cash and tons of uh, uh, exposure. And that comes with playing ball and putting out what people want you to put out. Yep. It's like cigarettes. When we got told that cigarette smoking cigarettes was good for you, you saw these pro athletes at halftime in the 40s smoking cigarettes before they went out and played because they were told it was good for them, you know? It's like I, you know, it's like NASA, you're full of shit on a lot of stuff. So maybe I don't want to believe you on the moon landing. It could be true. Oh, it's in it every it's in every industry too. It's in the pharmaceutical industry, it's in the food and drug. Like look at the fucking demonizing uh healthy fats and and you know glorifying sugar back in the day we used to fucking pour a cup of sugar and fucking kool-aid kool-aid things as kids i mean we're basically poisoning ourselves you know and then eating fake butter and margarine and sugar and then we find out you know years later that it's all bullshit and it was fake science i mean for fuck's sake it's everywhere Uh, we just lied the difference between us and normal people conspiracy theorists and normal people is we keep score Well, it's a great honor, guys, really, man. It's so weird for me personally coming from the world of listening to podcasts to being in podcasts and now talking to you guys. Uh, 
I tell everyone that listens to us and emails to come check out the Great America Show whenever they can because you guys really do some dig deep and I love it. Thanks, man. Right on, buddy. Thanks. Much love. And I'm going to fucking end this out by sending you two boys some good vibes for the rest of your week. Your show makes me horny, guys. <laughs> so welcome to the show, guys. Welcome to the Black Budget. It's like the uh, the the secret club. Oh, yeah, I can't wait, Darren and Graham. Thank you for having me back. And it's going to be like that time Alex Jones hit that blunt on the Joe Rogan experiment experience. So we're about to get real. Um, so what about Nick's- the idea? Do you guys go back as far to think that those, because, I mean, there's a lot of people that think those Bushes are, are Nazi sympathizers, and that was a whole Project Paperclip thing, and that we've literally got Nazis, you know, running this motherfucker right now. I mean, absolutely. Prescott Bush was involved in oil drilling in Germany. That's was right. Involved. I mean, his, his company in both wars, right? Yeah. And then George, George H.W. starts Zapata Industries and it ends up placing oil offshore drilling all over the world, which ends up being hot bases for CIA activities. Oh. I mean, I was telling I was telling John, the CIA building is called the George H.W. Bush CIA Central Intelligence Building. He was CIA director for one year it's is there one big group running everything is it inter oh no oh we're losing you there are subdivisions within these groups oh fuck hang on we're losing you this is fucking this is unbelievable timing well, it's almost like the 9-11 was almost like one of them showing their hand and then all of a sudden fucking the U.S. is marching into Iraq and, you know, what's going on there? They're digging hole. You know, it's fucked up. It's uh, that whole thing is crazy when you start really dialing down on it. It's unreal. Now I got to turn to the theory for 9-11. Let's okay? hear it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big 9-11. Uh, waker upper? Waker upper. <laughs> I think the CNP found the missing Alarm. money. The missing money, okay, the missing trillions. And Rumsfeld announced that the day before. Oh, yeah, yeah. When did he find it? Sorry? Oh, they cut you off right there. (laughs) September 10th. Because Bush... Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. Um, You know, you talk about the Archons a little bit there, John. I mean, but now I I have to wonder... um, and I, and I don't think good versus evil is, is a very good way to put it because who, who knows? That's very subjective. I mean, but, but is it, is it, um, is I mean, it, when you got, I mean, when you got them drinking the blood, you know, it's the power in the blood to get the adrenochrome and you got all these rituals, whether or not you believe it or not, they sure should believe it. That's exactly. But then the other side, does that mean the other side's good, you know, or is it evil versus evil? I mean, if, if, if Bush is connected to both or if Bush is on the other side and he's the most evil president, then. Wow. Yeah, I go into that green crown. That's some really interesting shit. What happened? Guys, maybe we should call, we should call them back. Should we just hang up and call them back? Uh, we can hear you now. Do- yeah, we keep losing you though. This, which is really weird. That, well, we're in a uh, meeting room though. We're not even like. What does that mean? Oh, yeah, know. it says your internet was unstable. Yeah. 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 I don't which know. Is retarded. Yeah. Because you got fucking way more. 
Yeah, so it's saying we have a really good connection, but it's saying our internet is unstable and it keeps fucking cutting out. Doesn't surprise me. No, not at all. We're just getting to the juicy stuff and we can't even have a coherent conversation. It's like the most interested. Uh, Has this happened with you guys before? Every once well, in a while. Once with, uh, lately with uh, Bosley. Bosley, Walter Bosley, which is it will happen. It will happen with Bosley. It'll happen with me every time. The FCC. Did we have trouble with Farrell too? Uh, no, I don't think we had trouble with Farrell. We just call his phone, though. I think no. Yeah. I will tell. I will tell you guys. Make note of the people it messes up on. As much as I love Farrell, the people it messes on. Uh, Bosley's one of my trusted. The people it messes up on are the ones who are legit. How many kids a year is it? It's something like eight hundred thousand kids a year. I was reading something the other day. That can't be right. No, that's how many disappear are reported missing each year, and that's not to say that all of those are trafficked. But if it's a hundred thousand, is that? My, I mean, it's yeah, it's what, high. Yeah, what percentage? Eight hundred thousand kids a year go missing in the states. Go, go missing. Now you got to think of the sixteen-year-old that's got the bad parent that just gets up and leaves, and the parent reports the child missing or something like that. Yeah, so and that that's, still that's, seems that's fucking a, crazy. A, Hello. Oh, yeah, we can hear you. That should fix it. No, it's still doing it. Okay, wow, these are crazy problems. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, it's hard to know what percentage of that is really, you know, kids missing, um, and how that plays into it. But uh, and then and then it's hard to know what that whole child, you know, the child trafficking and. And well, the, you can't get you can't get statistics on it at all because the people that are in charge of that, the NECMAC, the National Center for Missing and Endangered Children, is a nonprofit organization. At the very top, we know it's completely um, corrupted. You know who runs that? So the people that we depend on, like the FBI, uses for everything, is a nonprofit organization that's scanning all these pictures. But if you go to their website and look for like the most recent missing kids, they'll have a bunch of them without pictures. And at this day and age, how many times can you not get a picture of a child? And a lot of the pictures, a lot of the children without pictures are found in the Alexandria, Virginia area. You're Washington, yeah. D.C. Yeah, go look up the missing kids in, in the United States by area. And Virginia is by far more than anywhere else. Oh, fuck. That's crazy. I mean, I tell John all the time, to me, it comes down to they're gonna, Trump's going to release a video of one of these people. I, I used to work for child protective services. You cannot put a uh, monster away for abusing a child sexually. It just doesn't happen for multiple reasons, but for corruption mostly. And the only way you can really get anybody is if you have a video. And if they're blackmailing them, they've got videos. During Franklin cover-up, that's what they use was videos. There's tons of them. Sorry, say that again. So it's without video, even in the day-to-day, -day, it's pretty well impossible to, to put away, to put away yeah. a sex offender? Yeah, I had, a, I had a case once, and uh, it was not a very big town, but the guy was really important in town, and he owned a, a large fast food restaurant, and we had him dead to rights for abusing a nine-year-old in his basement for big brothers, big sisters, dead to rights. And the prosecutor looked at it and goes, I'm not touching that, and nothing ever happened. Fuck. Is that because they're actually just trying to to normalize it as well? Not that prosecutor, but is there influence to, to try and normalize this? I mean, I've heard them talk about these websites that they're coming out with now where it's just becoming, they're trying to just make it become normal and just. I mean, we see that. I mean, that's happened throughout history. That's what happens. Yeah. 
lot of cultures have, this isn't the first culture no. with having sex with kids. The Greeks, uh, I mean, it's prevalent in Afghani culture. Yeah, it happens. This is, for us, it's in the shadows. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Man, it makes me I mean, think of, go ahead, go ahead, Titus. Well, John was touching earlier when we got audio trouble, and I want, I'd love for him to go back to that. If, if, when we say there's power in the blood, I mean, we're actually saying that literally, and he can explain the health it's, side of it better. It, it's pretty much vampirism, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean that that blood makes you live longer. Wasn't that the same thing? I mean, we're you're, I mean, that fucking stem cell shit is almost direct evidence of that. They're shooting it into people, and they're getting better almost instantly when nothing else is working. Isn't that what Mel Gibson was talking about down in going the down to cells, Panama yeah. and doing that? The stem cells is a little bit different than getting young blood transfusion from young blood. No, but it's the same sort of idea, isn't it? Because aren't the stem cells just from the umbilical cords of kids? Yes, it is. Some. Some could be from aborted fetuses, too. Yeah, well, yeah. But, I mean, to me, those are two, right, I, two I sides of the same yeah. coin. Yeah. and It's all going the down the same creepy thing. And when you look at these fucking... Uh, the drugs that they sort of touch on in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I can't even remember if they mention it in the movie, but they definitely mention it in the book about eating the pineal glands of, of uh, I don't wow. know if it was babies or fetuses. The pineal glands, really? Yeah. Holy fuck. DMT straight from the pineal gland. Yeah. Black market. Yeah, John, you told, you told me, like, the blood, drinking the blood has the same uh, characteristics as a lot of marijuana. Was that right? Isn't that what you said? The same breakdown? Well, I mean, no, not the same as marijuana, but it has a lot. Adrenochrome has a lot of uh, control, could trigger. It can give you a lot of energy. It can give you a lot of, give you superhuman energy and strength, and it can give you clarity. and Vitality. Because it's pretty much a derivative of adrenaline. It's oxidation of adrenaline. So it pretty much gives you like all this, yeah, vitality too. It gives you, it's a drug. It's pretty much a drug that, remember the movie Limitless? Yep. Yes. It doesn't give you quite that, but I mean, it, it, it can give you things similar to Does that. it make you look younger? Like, is it really like, uh, oh man, there was a fucking TV show. Easy, that, bro. That, uh, <laughs> was it the X-Files? See, that gets crazy. Did you see that X-Files well, I mean, episode? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it will. Yeah. The X-Files episode is completely, it's in the blood. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood, gentlemen. There's power in the blood. Yeah, giving getting transfusions from young blood or the blood of the infants or the blood of children with the stem cells can rejuvenate cells in the human body and rejuvenate and make you live longer and have longevity. Yes, and ingesting it because of the adrenochrome can give you – because think about it. With adrenochrome, which it is neurotoxic, which is why it leads a lot of them to eventually be psychotic and having issues later on. Oh, Jesus. You have to you get, you get the animal you get the animal or the human scared to produce adrenochrome. Yeah, and then then you kill them and then you drink the blood. So that's why in the Franklin cover up, when you read about that, that they were putting them in these dungeons and they were murdering these children in front of other children, so the adrenaline was rushing, so they would get as much as that as possible. Yeah. So what? Sorry, let's go back to this. Where's the Franklin cover up from? That's from Nebraska. That happened in Omaha, um, Nebraska. Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. Um, this was in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, there was a group of children. There was a there was a credit union called Frank, the Franklin Credit Union, and they got busted for laundering money and its books weren't right. And come to find out, the guy that ran it was millions named Larry, of dollars. Millions of dollars. The guy that ran it was named Larry King, 
who was considered the top black rising Republican. As John said, he sang the national anthem at the convention. I've got the video. Jesus. And, and it, took me, it took me three and a half hours to find that video scrubbed from the internet. He, he, he did it twice. And what he was doing was he was going to Boys Town in Nebraska and he was finding children because he was loaded, obviously, and he was giving them money and he was flying them all across the country to run drugs. And he was taking them to Washington, D.C., all these kids, and he, they were raping these children. And all of these kids, uh, there was a ton of them that ended up saying, yeah, this was going on. And they ended up, you know, grand juries. I mean, they went really far. It was all over national news and stuff. And they discredited these children. But the stories are legit. I mean, they all add up. And people that were investigating were, there was, how many murders, John? At least, uh, well, at least one through Caladori, the investigator for the grand jury who uh, got a photographic evidence from Rusty Nelson in Chicago and was flying back from a game. Uh, with the evidence, uh, photographic evidence that people are blackmailed, his uh, his uh, airliner was uh, destroyed. Uh, his 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 little plane that he had, his airplane, uh, was destroyed, and uh, his, his both him and his son lost his life. May uh, Gary Caradori rest in peace. And that's the one that ties back to the Bush family and the Republicans and the CMP, and that's what was going on there. And they just skirted it under the rug. Nobody talks about it, and it's went on. So I mean, there's uh, video. Go ahead. I mean, there's there's pictures of Laurie T. King with Reagan's daughter. There's videos of uh, uh, of Jack Kemp and Laurie T. King together getting the black Republicans out the vote. Jack Kemp was mentioned in the Franklin cover up as being a molester. Um, I mean, it's all there. I mean, the Franklin cover it was written by former uh, the book. The Franklin uh, cover up was written by former Nebraska State Senator John DeCamp. Um, who's a Republican. So then there's also, you know, there's a couple other big cases, right? So there's that one, there's the Epstein one, then there's the whole one in the UK Parliament or whatever that one was called a few years back. So there's the definitely pre- there's definitely precedence for this to be a, a major high-level problem. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, oh, both sides, million, I mean, that, when that number, the, I don't trust that number, even the 800,000, who knows how many kids it are, and the foreign kids are bringing over and yeah, it's it's there, and that's why I always come back to the United States is in some big trouble because it's going to get. There's only fucking four million kids born a year in the United States, right? But how many of those are? How many of these kids are coming over from you know North Korea and then going into our underground? Or Nicaragua. Yeah, that's, that's right. From Nicaragua, or Mexico. Yeah, we, we ain't getting no numbers on that. And it's sophisticated. I mean, you got the you got central intelligence involved. You've got billionaires involved. I mean, they've got underground systems, and it's got to come out. So is that? Uh, I mean, because you see all this buzz of all these these rings being busted up all over the place right now. You're not seeing it on any of the mainstream media. So, where do we go from here? Ah, <clears throat> uh, crazy. Are they possessed by these archons? Are they a mixture of the Nephilim and human beings? None of us know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Two Boots McCain, John. Oh, yeah. Let's tell the story about Two Boots McCain. Let's, let's, you, let's get, at least get a laugh in here. You guys know about Two Boots McCain? Good no. old CMP McCain? So, John McCain, I don't know if you know this, but he has brain cancer right now. Yeah. And John McCain... John McCain had surgery on his brain, and John confirms this, that it should have taken six months for him to recover. But miraculously, John McCain was able to recover within two or three days and go vote in the Senate. So then John McCain is, after his brain surgery, he's fine and dandy now, you know, 
100%. And all of a sudden, he hurts his leg. And he puts on a walking boot. And it's his daughter's wedding. (laughs) Yeah, it's his daughter's wedding. And he tweets a picture out with him. And he's wearing this boot on the other leg. (laughs) On a different leg. (laughs) And he tweets. And he tweets. And he says, I'm sorry, everybody. I got a little bit tired with my one leg, so I decided to switch it to the other to give it a rest. Leg injuries don't work that way. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I'm going to have a lot of fun frying turkeys this evening or something like that. And he just goes on and nobody says anything. Is that after he got called out on it or was that? Yeah, after he got called out, he he finally said, okay, yeah, it's true. But he said he was giving his leg a rest. Now, what was going through the conspiracy circles that these people wearing these boots, whether it was Hillary or John McCain, they were all ankle bracelets. Or Huma Abedin with their flared pants, they were all ankle bracelets. I don't know, but Two Boots McCain really makes me think it's an ankle bracelet. I remember reading about Two Boots McCain, uh, Two Boots McCain on, on Thanksgiving and just having a grand old laugh with me and my friend. Because it was the funniest thing ever. I, 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 yeah, I, I, cried, I was laughing so hard I was crying. Because how could people literally believe I was giving my foot a rest? Yeah, you wouldn't put it on the other foot. You just fucking no. take it off. When you go back to the old old uh, Ice Age times, you see a lot of cultures seem to be worshiping sky gods. And then when you come to the to the climatic optimum, they seem to be worshiping earth gods. Then they start worshiping wrathful sky gods again in the wake of the neoglacial. Um, which suggests something to me, which suggests the possibility that there's a bigger link between what's going on out there in space and what's going on down here below in terra firma than has been uh, recognized up until recently. And I think that's one of the part of the big shift that we're in now is recognizing that, yeah, (laughs) we're part of this planet is part of a much bigger ecosystem. Um, and it's not a closed system. It's, yeah. it's open on multiple levels. That's what I'm doing. I'm just doing black mat. Matt with two teeth. Yeah. Now, now comes up the first picture here. And I can see there are several pictures where you can see very clearly a difference in soil types. And wow. it's separated by this black layer. You yeah. see that? Yeah, that's quite significant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, what I'm, that, that's the, the, the now fairly famous black mat layer which archaeologists were finding that decades ago. Um, and here's what they, were, what they were noticing, is that below that layer is where they were finding Clovis artifacts, but not above it. And then below that layer, the paleontologists were finding the remains of the extinct megafauna, but not above it. So this black mat layer has kind of been known as a, as a, um, you know, as a horizon. It's, it's a, 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 a chronostratigraphic marker, if you want to use the term for it, um, that basically is dated to precisely the onset of the Younger Dryas, 12,900 years ago, right? Now, the reason it's black is because there's so much carbon in it, and that's the evidence from fires. But then, oh, back in the 2000s, Richard Firestone and a team at Berkeley, Lawrence Livermore and others co-authored a paper where they went in and they took a look at that, a closer look at that black matte layer. And at the base of the black matte layer is where they found the, the nano diamonds. And I've sent a picture of these nano diamonds that are, they're extremely small, but there are billions, probably trillions of them. 
speaking of megafauna, I think it's his big dogs. Yeah. yeah. Dried frog carcass paving. You know, the evidence shows, you know, when you go through the literature, the, 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 the accumulated literature on the Cretaceous tertiary boundary event, well, you know that there was a major impact into the, the Yucatan Peninsula by an asteroid that has left a crater that's estimated to be some 180 to 200 miles wide, right? That impact basically set fire to all of North America. And so I don't know what the answer is other than, you know, we need to keep hammering it at an alternative point of view out there and basically get ready because, hey, I'm not predicting any disasters. I don't do that. But what I do say is this. We can see, as we look at the paleoclimatic record, going back hundreds of thousands of years, we can see that the longest period of, of stability, of unbroken, of, of climate, which is relatively benign and relatively stable, has been the last 10,000 years. <laughs> We're in an unprecedentedly long period of relative stability. And I think that almost on a weekly to monthly basis now, the cosmos is trying to get our attention, saying, look, you guys are living on borrowed time. And unless you get your fucking act together and face reality, you're going to go down the tubes just like a dozen other civilizations. Well, anyways, you figure, okay, if you look at the, all the literature, here's, here's some of the things that have been proposed, and they all were probably part of the equation. The impact was so great that it caused every fault line on Earth to collapse. There was an accompany, uh, an associated huge volcanic eruptions because of the, the, the shock effects in the Earth's lithosphere that spewed huge amounts of sulfurous uh, and, and pollutants into the atmosphere that when this stuff came out, it would have rained out with a battery acid of a, uh, I mean, a pH close to battery acid. You had global firestorms. You had months of total darkness around the Earth. You then had the onset of, of a cosmic winter, as it's been called. In the aftermath of these fires that destroyed things, in the aftermath of this acid rain that would have wiped everything out, in the aftermath of this volcanism and these gigantic earthquakes that it might have been measured between 10 and 11 on the Richter scale, with the poisoning of the oceans, the mass death of 75% of all species on Earth, and somehow we're in the midst of something now that's comparable to that? I mean, this is, this so, is the scenario that they're putting out there. It's like, we don't know when the next impact is going to come. We do know that that shit is flying by us regularly. And that even a small thing, you know, I was talking about, you know, the, 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 the impact in, New Me in Mexico, which, of course, that's a planet killer. When you have something that's perhaps six miles wide, moving at, say, 20 miles per second, slamming into the earth that's a planet killer and you know relative to the size of the earth something six miles in diameter isn't that big right but in the same way you think about uh, a 38 caliber bullet that's not very big is it if i if i'm standing six feet in front of you and i throw a 38 caliber uh bullet at you you know it might sting a little bit. it's not going to cause any damage though but if I accelerate that bullet to 1,200 feet per second and it hits you, hell yeah, it's going to cause damage, see? And this shit that's flying around out there, it's moving really, really, really fast. 
And you figure even a smaller object, a half a mile in diameter, striking the earth at closing into the earth and striking the earth at, at, at you know, 15 to 20 miles per second, per second, that's going to release so much kinetic energy that it's going to affect the global climate for years, right? <laughs> what we're finding now is, oh, see, you got there's two perspectives here that are coming together. On the one hand, you've got, you know, astronomers looking at the sky, right? And what are they seeing? They're seeing, you know what, there's a whole lot more debris flying around out there than we even imagined a few decades ago, a lot more. Then you have the geologists looking at the surface of the Earth and going, Oh, you know what? Gosh, there's hundreds of scars all over the surface of the Earth from these cosmic impacts. A century ago, we they didn't were arguing about whether it. they were yeah. on. Right, exactly. And now, so, and, and then on the other hand, you've got climatologists looking and going, wait a second, we see that there have been numerous episodes in the history of, of terrestrial climate where it has changed catastrophically overnight. What's driving that? And then you've got paleontologists looking at mass extinctions and going, we used to think that the, that the history of life was a relative continuum, but now we know it's not. It's been repeatedly interrupted. Um, you know, Stephen Jay Gould, the late great anthropologist, said, um, called it punctuated equilibrium, right? This is the norm now, see? And now what I've been saying, like in our early part of this discussion, is we see that that same model now applies to human cultural development, punctuated equilibrium and we have now written on the longest period of climate stability known and that's something people need to think about right and so at any time that could change at any time we could wake up tomorrow and there's a, a four or five hundred foot piece of an asteroid flying in our direction it hits the earth it doesn't cause any mass extinctions but what it does is it throws enough dust into the atmosphere to cause a global agricultural collapse. Now, which would be preferable? We discover an asteroid that's circling the sun. The, the um, astrophysicists take a look at it, and they go, oh, you know what? This thing's going to hit us in 10 years, and if we don't do something, we're fucked, right? Or we have the technological capability to mount an international expedition to that asteroid and begin harvesting its resources and basically mine it into non-existence. See, here's here's the thing, Graham and Darren. For what? For for uh, 600 million years, life has been vulnerable on this planet to every incursion of a cosmic event, whether it's a d disintegrating comet, whether it's an asteroid, whether it's a solar outburst, whether it's a nearby, say, supernova, which I think is actually related to the flux of cometary material to the inner solar system. All of this stuff has served to constantly truncate life in its effort to 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 move ahead, to evolve, right? So our natural evolution is to leave. <clears throat> the natural evolution is to expand. You see, right now, as long as we're life and as long as civilization is confined to a, an exclusively terrestrial existence, we as a species, we as a culture, we as a as the biology of this planet are vulnerable, right? There's only one species on this planet that has the ability to change the rules of the game so that the vulnerability of planet Earth to these kinds of incursions is reduced by orders of magnitude, and we are that species. 
And if we don't, if we fucking blow it by by not getting our heads out of our asses and, and looking at the sky like our ancestors did, yeah, we're gonna the the the, the, the clock is gonna be reset. You know, the the the, the terrestrial computer is gonna reboot, and um, we need to do something. We need a backup system, and we need to move forward and and begin to do something. And we need to do it now. And we we don't have we basically don't have time to waste this. I, I, the people who are listening to this, I want you to start paying attention to this. what's going on in space, in the cosmos, near the Earth, in our near-Earth neighborhood. You will quickly realize how vulnerable we really are. And it's almost as if we've been granted a little sort of a cosmic reprieve in order to get our shit together and figure this out. But if we don't do it, son, somebody else is, you know, we're going to get kicked back Maybe another species, maybe another culture is going to have to evolve over the next three or four or five thousand years, or another species is going to have to evolve that actually moves it forward. Because I think the imperative of terrestrial life is to become cosmic. I mean, I, at some point we're going to have to go out there and start slapping people upside the head and say, look here, get your head out of your ass and look at the real stuff. It's right here. And if you doubt this, come with me for a week out in the field. And let me show you itself. Let the earth speak to you. If you don't believe me, let the earth speak to you. Let the sky speak to you. Let our ancestors speak to you. Okay, if you don't believe me. So we get a lot of feedback. You know, oh, I, I heard so-and-so on the higher side chats. You should get him on. Or I love I love you guys and the higher side chats. Like we get grouped, grouped with you quite a bit. It's, it's pretty awesome. I hear it too. For yeah. sure. I definitely yeah. hear it too. And um yeah, how about that recent episode you did with John Brisson, man? Oh man, that guy's a guru. It's un yeah. it's unbelievable some of the stuff. Like, I mean, I'll tell you like one thing. I, I told the story. I think I told the story last week, but um, but my wife Lisa, she she fucking has been getting for like twenty one years. She's been getting these migraines, or at least that's what they call them as migraines, and like. But they're super severe. Like she goes numb. She she can't see. She she gets so much light sensitivity that she has to put a blanket over her head and she pukes for like hours on end. And you know, a lot of the time she was ending up in emergency. Like a couple times a year, she ends up in the hospital because of it. And they kept saying migraines. They do nothing but put her on um, painkillers, morphine, and hydrator, then send her home. Seen the neurologist. Went for the MRI, the CAT scan, fucking everything. Nothing. Can't figure it out. She does a, a one-hour fucking session with John, and he fucking diagnoses it. And now she's got this fucking, a couple of, uh, we, she, we haven't got to the point that she doesn't get them yet, but for the first, like, couple times, she was able to beat them. So he gave her a couple of things to do as soon as these things start happening, and it was like the for the first count two she's ever beat in twenty one years after talking to John for an hour. It's uh, uh, it's fucking unbelievable to me. I was blown away. Yeah, I was gonna send you one of you guys the protocol because of one of you guys mentioned allergies to me, and uh, that was the first thing I thought when mine got fixed. I was like, oh, I gotta send this over to Gramerica. Um, but yeah, pretty. Yeah, crazy. I get the allergies. That's he says he's gonna help with that. He figures. I've been on the fucking allergy pills so long now that I've got some fucked up Whoa, thing from that. Right. If you go, if so you I've go been on allergy them, pills for like seven years. There's a now, rebound effect years. or something like that. Yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. My, so my girlfriend, we did a consultation with him recently 
on Sunday, right before her doctor's appointment, actually. <laughs> and she went to, so he's, he's trying to get her on a low uh, histamine foods for her, for her allergies. And it kind of makes sense. So we're going to try some of that stuff. And then of course he wanted us to get uh, tests for some copper, copper, copper tests and uh, magnesium and, and something else. Uh, the iron, I guess the ferritin test. And the doctor is pretty skeptical. I mean, the copper test doesn't even come up in her protocol, so she's getting all frustrated. Who is this guy telling you to do this test? And she's got to search through it to figure out how to even fucking write it up. I mean, you know. But, I mean, she's, again. Like, fuck you. I want I want exactly, a test. I exactly. should be able to get whatever I want. Yeah, we pay into this. Decades she's been in the medical system, and they've done fuck all for her, you know. Decades they, they can't, they can't fix her. Guys. They can't diagnose her. It's just test after test and... Nothing coming up and nothing coming up. It's unbelievable. So you got to try all this different stuff. I like how I like how John gets into. He's not afraid to get into the PizzaGate stuff and get into all this, all the yeah. deep fucking state stuff. I like I like that. You know. Oh my god. So I got a technical question. Greg's lighting up one of those fucking weird cone-shaped spliffs, and I first encountered those in Amsterdam in 1990, I think. But since I haven't smoked it in like 10 years, and it's caught on to the Americas, why? Why is it? It seems it seems like a waste that way because you're burning the fat end of the joint as all the smoke's going into the air, and you're losing all your butt. I don't understand it. But why the cone shape? I mean, is it some like vortexing thing? Because to me, like, we well, used to have debates because if you, you roll, roll too the big, thing, you lose bait, all your it's smoke. It's like putting a dick in your mouth. I mean, we didn't, it wasn't as abundant as it is now. So we had to save every little last bit and, you know, really be oh. efficient with it. So we'd even, we would even smoke more pinners because then there's less fucking smoke going all over the place. Did you guys have yeah. like generation roaches? Oh yeah, I remember when I was a oh kid. You'd God. have like yeah, we did too, you'd like yeah. have all your roaches, and then when you roll the roach joint, yeah, you'd have other you'd, ha roaches you'd have the roach time, from yeah. that would go in the second generation roach pile, and then you'd smoke it, and in you'd the have pipe. this all these oh. jars going down the thing, and you're smoking oh like God. you're like holy fuck, bro. When I get home from work tonight, we're smoking a fourth generation. It's just some wow. shitty roaches, but you feel you're so stoked for it that you probably just get super high anyway. Let's talk about uh, that YouTube it. shit before we forget, because I'm I'm really interested in that. So I mean, so much as Darren Darren's well, currently gone, our YouTube Dar stream is getting fucking destroyed. What we were down we were fucking down to like a 400 kilobit connection on a. We've got an internet line here right that is now? solely dedicated only to streaming this video. It's a hmm. 150 megabit connection, and we were getting 400 kilobit. It's because Greg. We just Greg's did a whole show. Attention. Yeah, we just did a whole show that no it stayed problem. fucking green the entire time. Every time we do a black budget one, we it start fucks with us. THC. Bam, down. We start talking with John. Bam, down. That's a good sign, Greg. You're onto the truth, buddy. That's right. You're that not, means you're, you're they, step in the right direction. <laughs> well, I've had it with YouTube. I'll tell you that I'm I'm pissed off at at them quite, you know, wholeheartedly because I'm. Right now in a nebulous state, I guess. We were talking before this started, but been banned for two weeks, and they keep pushing that date back by pushing the, the strike date back. It's a weird thing. And that, 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 seems shows, that seems a bit that seems a bit nefarious. Years, it's only Sandy Hook, and it's only Sandy Hook that people uh, that YouTube seems to care about. 
That's fucking strange. So I was going to ask you before because we didn't talk about that. So it was just what? When was it? Was it a recent episode or so? This episode that you put out where you talked about Sandy Hook, it triggered this ban, and then now they keep back uh, backdating the 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 thing. I don't, it's so fucking weird. I well, don't get it. The first strike happened about a month ago, roughly, and it was on a Sophia Smallstorm episode about Sandy Hook that was okay. three years old. Oh fuck. And- uh, that was the first strike. So I was like, okay, whatever. I warned the audience a little bit. Cause I was like, shit, I didn't, I always think it's not going to happen to me. Like, but then it does. So I was like, I better get out in front of this. I made a little ad in front of some shows to tell the audience, Hey, might go away. And then I did get that second strike and it was on the Wolfgang Halbig episode, which is a much bigger deal in terms of Sandy hook episodes, because he was a guy in charge of, uh, school safety policies and he looked at Sandy Hook and said this shit ain't right they didn't follow any of the protocols I wrote the book on them and uh, one of the parents was suing him and then he thought that the parent would fold before he got his chance at a deposition where he was going to get to ask this guy all these kind of questions and sure enough Wolfgang was right and the guy withdrew the lawsuit the day of the deposition or the day before so that's kind of alarming to me because that that tells me like if they if they had the truth on their side they wouldn't have to fight this hard. That's what gets me is they shouldn't even have to do anything, you know? It should just all all come out in the wash, whatever, we're a bunch of conspiracy theorists right. and nothing's there. But when they push yeah, the, that we, push back that hard against vaccines or Sandy Hook or or chemtrails and all that, it it really makes me wonder why are they fighting that hard? They shouldn't be fighting that hard. Agreed. 100% agree. I wonder when we'll get a strike. You should be able to have any conversation you want to have and let the evidence be what it is. Yeah. yeah. Don't you love when a conspiracy is or when a when a historical event is so true that it's against the law to deny it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't say anything more than that because they'll fucking throw me in jail. Le- yeah, legitimately. We don't, don't want to get you guys banned, so just you, apparently, you can talk about anything, but just skip the uh, false flag school shooting shows. That's and you'll right. be good. <laughs> have you got you? Have you got called out right yet? I do get it. I get uh, communist and socialist more, like Greg Karl <laughs> Marx would. I get that one, and then uh, I think that's probably the funniest. And there was something like, "Oh, the liar side chats." Liberal in America is what it was when I was growing up or when I grew up, George Bush was president and the liberals were pushing for, uh, you know, weed legalization and they were the anti-war party. Yeah, now they're, say that. Yeah. they're not that way right now. Yeah. So it is just kind of strange. I, I just thought of it differently at the time and I didn't like the Puritan attitude of the right the pro corporate you know let everybody pollute everywhere like whatever you can you can think whatever about global warming but like isn't it just better to be clean shouldn't they have some fucking responsibility for the shit they're doing like shouldn't be able to see the garbage in the ocean from space for sure yeah we can all agree on that But that's yeah. the balance. That's the balance viewpoint that most of us have. But yeah, we get pigeonholed in these things. Like either you're denying climate change or you're fucking destroying the uh, earth. Like, why can't we just 
agree that maybe we're not causing that much climate change, but we're, we shouldn't we're be polluting the earth the either. Did we're you still see wrecking the fucking shit? planet, but don't charge me fucking carbon tax when you're changing uh, the weather, when you're tax. fucking with the weather all over the world yeah. and you're charging me fucking carbon tax. And you just doubled tax. the fucking gas price in the last six oh, months. Oh, it's just piece fucking of shit. so annoying. Have you had any guests on over the years that um, you can look back at now that are, you know, there's there's zero fucking doubt that what they're talking about is 100% truth to, like? Um, I'm sure there are, but the one that just comes to mind just because we were talking about YouTube, YouTube would be Wolfgang Halbig, just because... Oh I interviewed him and I was like, dude, you know, you don't want to be wrong with the claims you're making. And he was like, well, I'm getting sued by one of the parents and my prediction, because I'm going to get to dispose them, which means he gets to ask them any questions he wants under oath. And they, if this, if, it, if he's right about Sandy Hook and it was a false flag or staged event and no one died, then they're never going to let that happen. They're not going to let him question a guy under oath about that. and. So his prediction was that they would pull the lawsuit. And I interviewed him a few weeks before that deadline and they pulled the lawsuit. And I think that is fucking huge. Like that's a huge vindication of his perspective in my eyes. Yep. Yeah. And I find that to be a, a pretty wild out there perspective, but I'm finding reasons to believe it to be true. Especially if you start looking at fucking Jones as being in that fucking council that uh, Brisson and Titus talk about that fucking CMP. Yeah, that he's basically, you know, because then his whole it shows his whole spin on that whole fiasco is fucking being couldn't be in by design. But I mean, you're going to get us kicked off YouTube, too. Yeah, sorry. Well, this is black budget already. Oh, that's right. This doesn't go on YouTube. Boom. So we got a couple. We got a couple really good episodes yeah, but coming it'll get up. Deleted too. before the fucking algos can catch it. So we got a couple good episodes coming up too. We got Leslie Kane and Alex Sakaris coming on, Ugh. and uh, Patrick Kelly. That's gonna get. That's gonna get wild. I Patrick predict. Kelly on free energy. That's gonna be really, really interesting. And uh, Jim Lee on climate change. Those are gonna be some nice little sort of like. Unknown, well, not Leslie, but the other two unknowns that haven't really been around the circuit. That'll be probably very, uh, very interesting episodes. So I like to find those ones where it got a shit ton of knowledge and they're super interesting to talk to, but they haven't been, they're not really too familiar with podcasts or they haven't been around, yeah. uh, you know, around the, like maybe the YouTube. They always seem to have so much fun when people yeah. haven't done a lot of podcasts. That's what we, what can I find. Be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Those can be great. I mean, John Brisson, like if you want to talk, he feels that the both situations where I felt like he, I was validated or his information was validated because he did fix my allergy issue. So there's like oh, a, wow. yeah. a guest who I looked back and was like, shit, he was right. But also he, I don't think he'd done a ton of podcasts before THC. I mean, he told me about his book and I'm thankful he did, but that I, I don't think he had done a, a ton. And so he was one of those guys where I was like, uh, this is one of those moments where I'm really psyched that I have a decent audience and I get to like use exactly. that to help someone that I think is a good guy exactly. who did some amazing work. I've been starting to look at the Bible as more of um, a collection of stories from like a pre-Diluvian civilization 
of the fucking things that you might not want to, and I'm not fucking saying my fucking point of view on anything. I'm just saying that's some ancient culture's collection of stories that were put together of the things you might not want to let slip into your society. Because these are sort of the rules that we found that if you go this way of, you start to turn your fucking shit into hell. And if you go this way of, you turn it. You know, I've that's kind of the way I'm starting to look at that as being as opposed to a man in the... I mean, I, obviously that's how it's being interpreted. But I'm starting to wonder if that isn't more of you know, some sort of ancient rule book just to, as like a, I don't know what we would equate it to these days. Healing through the astral realm and shit. Oh, that sounds fucking fantastic. Yeah. I was thinking about that more in a VR space where we need something like where you're actually in a virtual world and you have special powers that depend (sighs) on your, well, just wait, depend on your fucking, your mind space, you know, if you can get into that zone Literally, you can do shit in this virtual world, you know, like it, like the yeah. birds chirping. Like you get to the birds chirping, and you can fucking shoot lightning bolts out of your fingers or something. Get your, you you get want. your actual D and D abilities. So let me ask you this: Would you or have you had a Hollow hoax guest or, or show yet? I can't do that. We could get we. I you could literally get thrown in jail in Canada. It's against the law to deny the Holocaust in Canada. I mean, I've had Jim Fetzer on and he went deep into that because he wrote a book that was like the most aggressive, provocative title ever. It was something like Sandy Hook, the moon landing (laughs) and the Holocaust (laughs) and other things that never happened. (laughs) It was like, whoa, Uh, but I actually really loved it. I'll title the episode. I'll title this episode that (laughs) see what kind of fucking algos we trigger. I gotta get mentally prepared for that scanner. Smoke some weed and go to our NASA's facility. I'll drive. There you go. I'll drive we got a guys. built-in DD. Grimerica comes with its own designated driver. I love it. <laughs> That's useful. Science! 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 Snare! Snare! I have a Nessie tattoo on my back.